Timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 153 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast devoted to the average comic book fan from the average comic book fan. Join in as Brent Casita, rotating panel guests, and myself, Ian Levitstein, discuss whatever comes to mind time after time here on Comic Timing. So there was this movie that came out last week called Winter Soldier. I don't know if you've heard of it. We're going to discuss it on this episode, as well as recent episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hail Hydra! Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. My name is Hydra Agent Ian Levenstein, and welcome to episode 153 of Comic Timing. The casino is running late because he had a previous engagement in his neck of the woods, but this episode waits for no man. As we get started here, uh, we have limited uh, time with uh, Rick Gordon because he is going to be doing his own episode on, on Winter Soldier in a few minutes. So call this his trial run. <laughs> Maxim Glory returns <laughs> to comic timing. What's up, Rick? Maybe I should just be called Baron, Baron von Stupper. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think I like that. I think it's got a nice ring to it, and I am wearing a monocle right now. So, <laughs> you well, are you sure that there's also not another piece of glasses on the other eye? Uh oh, whoa, boy! All right, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> and good Brett, to be back. Good, good to be back. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. <laughs> and uh, Brandon Christopher joining us again. Hopefully, this time not for the pylon that was Man of Steel. <laughs> Just call me Braden Christopher, agent of Federalist. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be good times. And uh, once again, as usual, sponsored by DCBS Discount Comic Book Service. Check them out at DCBService.com, where you can get the best deals on all of your comics, at least forty percent off on all Marvel, DC, and. I believe Dark Horse titles, if memory serves, and uh, as well as a whole bunch of discounts on indie books, 50% off trades for Marvel and DC, and a whole bunch of 50% off and 75% off deals as well. Check them out at dcbservice.com. We thank them for their sponsorship. So I had to have Rick on this episode in one way or the other because, you know, got to have Nick Fury on a, on a Winter Soldier episode. Uh, so <laughs> I think we'll start it off with you, Rick. Uh, initial impressions on Winter Soldier. Loved it. Not as much as I loved Spider-Man 2. Uh, loved it as a very, very good comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly perfect. There were there were two things that really bugged me, though, and I got to get this off my chest. The title really bugged me. I, I, I'm just tired of the political correctness. It's Captain America, first and foremost. That should be... Uh, that's the logo I want to see. Mm-hmm. Captain America, Winter Soldier, and little tiny letters. Right. I, I know for the overseas market, they they try to downplay the the patriotic aspect of the name, but that's the character. I'm don't, sorry. Don't you mean the first Avenger? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other really big beef that I have was something in the movie itself, and this is something that happened in the movie Prometheus also. Mm-hmm. There are... Dozens, if not hundreds, of very fine, capable, and extremely talented older actors and actresses out there. Right. Why, oh, why 
does Hollywood feel compelled to slather a ton of makeup on a young actor or actress to make them look old? It just feels disingenuous, and it pulled me right out of the movie because I couldn't believe they did that. Well, I, I let me let me point that out real quick. First off, it wasn't even just makeup; it was actually CGI. Uh, they they used similar techniques to what they used on uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in X Three to try mm-hmm. and make them look younger. Only they did the reverse here with mm-hmm. the, with this actress uh, to make her so to make her look older. Um, so there is some prosthetics in there, but it's actually mostly CGI. That they're working with, I can understand your point, but at the same time, uh, what's her what's her name? Haley Atwell is that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, like she is so she's already so recognizable as the character of of Carter that I felt that they needed her in there in one way or the other. Essentially, it closes out the character for this round, and then we get to see you know exactly how her life lived later on. Other directors might have went a different route, but I, I'm perfectly okay with Haley Atwell with some prosthetics or, and CGI here. I mean, it, it makes sense movie-wise for me. My, my my big issue is I'm not a Brubaker Cap fan, mm-hmm. although I am a Brubaker Cap fan, but I'm an Englehart Cap fan okay. at heart yeah. because that's that's my demographic. That's my age range. And I specifically remember when I first started reading Cap is when Peggy Carter was reintroduced. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because they they held her back in the shadows and she wasn't revealed. It wasn't revealed who she was for a couple of issues. And it was just really gratifying. And and come to find out, it's the sister, the guy he's he's, he's dating. (laughs) Well, Brandon, let me let me roll it over to you. Uh, Initial thoughts. And uh, you can air some grievances as well if you have off the the top of your head. I'm a curmudgeon. Uh, I can't help it. Get off my lawn. (laughs) <laughs> this was probably the best 1970s thriller I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's the best Marvel, Marvel movie to date, but it's darn near close, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still think Iron Man number one kind of has that spot for me, only because of sheer nostalgia. It started things and, off. Yeah, because it started the ball rolling. Uh, but, man, was this a fun movie to watch. And I was mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed the whole entire time. No gripes yet. Yeah, well, we'll, I mean, we'll get uh, more more in depth on the movie as we roll on. But for me, going into this, and you know, no shit, there are going to be spoilers on this episode. I mean, seriously, if you're listening to a Winter Soldier episode, you should expect spoilers. People like, (laughs) no, go, go, stop listening right now and go see the damn movie if if you haven't yet. And and I'm drinking a Founders Brewery beer right now in honor of Captain Uh, America out of my Captain America tumbler. So that's that's give you props up there. That's how patriotic I am right now, but. I went into this movie expecting it to be just about like verbatim Winter Soldier from Brubaker's run. And I would have been perfectly okay with that. I left it. Not only was I satisfied with the Winter Soldier stuff, but I got Secret Warriors as well, which I was not expecting at all. You know, mm-hmm. going into this, everybody kept talking, Brubaker, Brubaker, Brubaker. Jonathan Hickman gets as much love in this movie as anybody, and they wove the two stories together so well and seamlessly that you would have thought that this was how it played out to begin with, you know? Hey, it, hell, it, hell, I guess you can even say even a little bit of Bendis also, too, with the uh, aspect of Nick Fury going underground also, too. Sure, from- exactly. Yeah, that was the first, it was one of the things I noticed. And Absolutely. I, this movie was had a depth to it that I think is really overlooked in all the media hype around it. Yeah, yeah. And what's great about it, too, is 
mostly practical effects. As Brandon pointed out, it's very much a, a 70s action thriller as much as it is a superhero movie, which kind of makes sense when you think about it, because what was the first Captain America movie? That was a return to, like, 1940s cinema, you know, like, basically... Uh, you know, The 19- Rocketeer. Right, The Rocketeer, that sort of action. And now we're going further into cinematic history, uh, closer to today, but... You know, having sort of the spy James Bond thriller that you would have expected out of the seventies with mm-hmm. with Captain America, and it, it, they just made it flow so easily and realistically. And the best part of it all, and I'm I'm, I'm going to ask you guys what you guys think about this uh, right after I say it. This had more character building to it than the whole of Captain America and the Avengers combined for me, for both Black Widow and Captain America. No question about it. Well, they could afford to because they're, this Captain America came off to me like reading a Star Trek novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows the characters in Star Trek, so there's literal, literally no exposition involved. There's, right. You don't have to rehash the origins. You, you, you've got time to flesh out these characters, which is nice. The thing that really got me is it dealt with a part of Cap that a lot of people don't know about, and that's his relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of focus on him and the Avengers since he reappeared in Avengers 4. <laughs> but his his relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, especially during the Steranko years, was phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, there's a big tip of the hat to Jim Steranko in this movie, too. Yeah, more so than uh, than you'll find in uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. itself. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brandon, what, what, what do you think about that comment? Uh, do, do you see more character building here than you did in the those two movies combined? I do, and only because usually because Cap usually comes later in the Marvel cycle of movies. If you look at how it played out last time in Phase 1, Captain America was the movie before the Avengers. Right. And so Captain America really was that glue which cohesed that universe together. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot of character building. You're going to get a lot of background in a lot of Captain America movies. And I think because, again, of the whole cyclical nature of the Marvel Universe and how they make the movies mm-hmm. – yeah, Captain America isn't the last one to come up before Avengers again this year, uh, before next year. Yeah, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. This Guardians of the Galaxy coming up in August, but I guess Guardians will be a little bit more aside. It's going to be building for Avengers three and and further down the road. But again, since Captain America is that last mainstay, he he's the one that really has to build up that universe to Avengers again. He's the reason why you have to watch Avengers. Sure. Yeah, and and this this definitely built further upon and it wasn't even just those last scenes uh, it built further upon the the Marvel Avengers universe more than anything like you said with Guardians of the Galaxy we're, we're getting more space going here than anything else so I don't know how much is going to tie into the Avengers movie it might wind up tying a hell of a lot more into what comes next uh, specifically with Thanos because I know we're going to get a whole bunch of characters that would be associated with Thanos and characters that were pretty much created to destroy Thanos in the, in the Marvel universe involved with Guardians so I can I can easily Do see you hear that. that Do you hear that? Yeah I thought I just heard Jim Starlin screaming. <laughs> he's, he's fear here, I can tell. Oh gosh. Uh, Lock the doors. He's <laughs> <laughs> Hey, come on. He he kissed and made up with Marvel, all right? He's he's doing stuff with them again. Let's uh mm-hmm. let, let's remember that, okay? With his Night Raider shades. Yeah. But but no, uh, th- this one um it just it, it feels like a second movie should. 
you know, and, and, and that's what Thor The Dark World did as well. Like, it, it furthered the characters along because you don't need to worry about a, an origin anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it basically just built them up more in, in the scheme of things uh, than really any of the other movies did before. Nick Fury. Okay. More to do in this movie than every other appearance he has had so far. An action scene. Who'd have thought? Oh my god, dude! That that car chase. That was great. That was that amazing. Was classic seventies car chase. But I am here's another. Oh man, when that car didn't fly because that's been another thing. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I've been I've been waiting my entire adult life to see a helicarrier. I got it. I got a great helicarrier. You know what? I got three great ones. And I get to see a flying car in a TV show, but I, I haven't yet to see my flying car on a big screen. I really want to see it. And I was so close. Well, go, 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 see, go see a screening of the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a movie theater. There you go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch Lola. Yeah. yeah, don't touch Lola. Seriously, he will kick your ass. But, dude, I mean, oh, my God. Nick, Nick Fury pulling out so much classic Nick Fury action in this while – still being Sam Jackson and th- mm-hmm. that just makes things even better. <laughs> um, I like what they did with this character because by the second or third act, you really didn't know where you stood with him. Right. Which it was so subtle yet so intentional. And you got to feel the angst and the confusion that, that Steve Rogers was going through. Sure. Who do you trust? I mean, it was great. It was really good. And part of part of that, who do you trust thing, also reminded me because I, I doubt we're ever going to get Secret Invasion on screen. I just I, I get that feeling that 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 the scro- scrolls would be a little too hard to pull off. I mean, unless no, we get we it'll get, happen, but yeah. we'll be long gone. Yeah. my grandkids will see it yeah (laughs) avengers 9 will be we'll have the scrolls in it but that's sort of the you know the who do you trust angle that we got out of this movie reminded me a little bit of what we got in uh in uh secret invasion as well because that's what brought nick fury underground to start with in the marvel Mm -hmm. comics at least was because he had no idea who he could trust and that's what essentially wound up happening here with hydra uh, let me ask you, too. Uh, now, it seems like Marvel Studios has got their shit together, so to speak, mm-hmm. that they know how to make decent movies. They know how to make good sequels, which is something that's been eluding people for for centuries. Yeah. Is there ever going to be a time where they're going to take one of their big summer events and throw it up on the screen? I mean, we may get it with the cosmic stuff that's going on, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. I. Could they be subtly setting up a civil war at some point? Yes. Yes. I mean, I definitely got that feel in the Avengers movie. Uh, And you know what? This has been discussed in other places, so I'm not the first one to mention this, but that's Avengers 3. Ah. I'm I'm getting a very strong vibe that that is Avengers 3. That's where we'll see Chris Evans' final role as Cap. And... uh, will essentially then have the aftermath of the death of Captain America in whatever next Captain America movie comes after that. See, I don't know about that because really I think they said that Guardians of the Galaxy is going to tie into Avengers 3 because right. Avengers 2 is not going to have anything, have anything, anything to do with uh, Thanos. Mm-hmm. So really if they do, they're going to hold off for Avengers 4. But really I, I do want to see them do like a epic on the big screen mm-hmm. and really just go from movie to movie to movie 
they've they've seen they've shown that they can do TV crossovers. They can they can do a crossover from a movie to a television show. Right. Why not do a movie crossover, which has never honestly been done before either, too. Yeah. Do where where one movie connects to another movie, which connects to another movie, which connects to another movie, which connects to a bigger final movie. Well, how how about an actual movie titled Marvel Civil War? I think that would. Uh, uh, they had to brand it probably, but yeah, it would work also too. Yeah. Like Avengers Civil War, you know? Well, because what you just, just described, Brandon, is essentially what they're going to wind up doing with the Netflix series. You know, right. t- tying everything together to, in, into a final miniseries, which would then, you know, tie everything into a neat bow. But I mean, if they were to pull that off with the movies, I mean, that would be freaking fantastic. But Well, what would you call it? Because you obviously can't call it a Civil War because right. that's just. That's just not Disney. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> but, no, I'm serious. You would have to, you know, Marvel Avengers, you know, the Final Conflict, or well, I don't know. Since, since, since when? Since when is Winter Soldier Disney? <sighs> Winter, yeah, Winter, Winter Soldier has deep ties into a whole bunch of political shit that old school Disney would not want to touch with a ten foot pole. Well, well it true, on which Disney. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, honestly, since, since they own the license already, why not just call it Ultimate Alliance? Yeah, they could. They could. I mean, they they, they could re, they they could re, honestly they could take a rehash of anything that they own from Marvel, mm-hmm. and it would still work. Ultimate Sacrifice. Yeah, Ultimate Sacrifice. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, if they did do a Civil War, they'd obviously would have to introduce more characters. Yeah. Um, they would. Where would where would you where would this stable of characters would what champions bring them in and just. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm only saying that because I read that book last night, and it was fabulous. <laughs> Hercules and Black Widow and Ghost Rider and oh, Angel. Come on, God, it's a well, natural. Well, I mean, we already know that they're bringing in Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones. We could very well wind up getting. I mean, we're getting Daredevil as well, but we could very well wind up getting Shang Chi as well. Uh, give me a Misty Knight. Give me Misty Knight or give me Death. Misty Knight could very well be in the Iron Fist series, for all we know, or even Luke Cage. You know, there's there's all these street level characters that they're introducing, and something else I wanted to bring up in the scheme of this episode: Stephen Strange. Yes. yes. <laughs> they, they... Well, did, did you did you hear the uh, short list though for it? No. Mads Mikkelsen, perhaps. Hmm. Okay. And this is like maybe like two or three months ago. Well, I had heard Joseph Gordon-Levitt being bandied about. Really? Yeah. At one point or another. I mean, I, d- I doubt that would still be the case, but, uh, you know, th- there's you never know where Marvel is going to go with their casting because the only the only casting that ever actually made 100% sense to me when it RDJ. was announced was RDJ. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Everything else. See, that See that didn't make sense to me, but once I saw it, mm-hmm. then it clicked. Yeah. See, as for Doctor Strange, uh, obviously, James Franco. That's that's the only one that could do it for Ooh. me. Ooh, really? Jimmy Franco. Okay. Yeah, think about it. He yeah. could he could play because you would to me the Doctor Strange project is gonna be light. It's gonna be kind of funny. It's gonna be quirky, mm-hmm. kind of in the vein of Guardians. So you've got he's got the ability to play it light, mm-hmm. and he's got the ability to play it creepy too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, it's a shame most of the characters that I would want to play Doctor Strange are already playing a character or two in Marvel. (laughs) 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 Because I could easily see, uh, oh, uh, damn it, I'm biking on his name now. Pushing Daisy's guy who's going to be in in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Crap, I can't think of his name now all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know know who I'm thinking of, yeah. Uh, We Pace. 
There we go. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ronan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could easily see him play Doc Strange without any problems, but he's already playing uh, a character in Guardians, so that ain't gonna happen. It's it's not like Chris Evans going from uh, Human Torch to Captain America because that was <laughs> a different franchise entirely, not associated with the Marvel universe. So I don't, whoa, I don't whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute, Chris Evans, Doctor Strange. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Chris, actually, Chris Evans directing. Doctor Strange. Now, see, I, I heard that, and I, I, I almost did a spit take because <laughs> here's a guy that was doing fine. Yeah. Just, just make the superhero movies. Shut up and and save your artistic integrity from <laughs> from when you don't look good with your shirt off. Okay. Yeah. Just, just rake it in. Give the fans what they want. And when you're 45, go, go make your little art film that nobody's going to see. <laughs> but I'm, the, but I'm the next Robert. Red- I'm the next Robert Redford, though. Look at me. <laughs> I'm young. I'm a director. Hey, hey. hey Paul, let's go movie. Oh, that's geez. that's probably what happened. They're, they're just at the craft service table with Redford and Red. Here, let me tell you advice. I used to be good looking like you. You want to start directing? And he's probably all moony eyed and oh, aggravating. Were you guys disappointed Redford. that Redford didn't wind up being revealed as Red Skull? Uh, no. Okay. No, I'm actually happy he wasn't. Good. Good. Because I'm in the same boat. I'm glad. Yeah, because that was the rumor being bandied about, and there was "quote unquote" leaked uh, musical tracks that that involved it, which were obviously a red herring, and it, I feel like it would have cheapened it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes, because it would it would it would have been the one thing that everyone was would have saw coming. Right. Right. It, it would it would have been Del Rusk all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that's where I thought they were going, though. That's that you know, like I, I thought that they were just going to essentially bring in one more storyline, which would be Jeff Johns' Avengers run, uh, where uh, you know Red Skull is banding about as a as a political as as a political uh, guy, and uh, winds up being revealed to be Red Skull, and you know causes all this fear to happen and everything, and essentially has all the power to play with. But I am glad they did not go that route. Well, they kind of went that route anyway, though. Where they took, I guess you could say, an aspect of it where the where the leader of Hydra kind of, to use an Ian term, banded about the uh, system. Yeah, and you know, raise raise inner havoc. You know, mm-hmm. setting up a war here, supporting supporting the Taliban there. You know, right. yeah, and you know, then it turns out, oh, I'm the big bad. I'm the big bad on the inside, and hail Hydra. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gary Shandling and a Hydra agent. Boy, that that freaked me out a little bit. Well, and that was Congressman Stern. Oh. <laughs> okay, number number one, Congressman Stern. Congressman Stern, you could probably see coming after his uh, his time in in Iron Man two. You know that mm-hmm. it, I I didn't expect him to show up, but when he did, I'm like, all right, he's going to be a Hydra agent. Agent Sitwell. Oh. Oh, okay. That was my third thing that bugged me. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Here we we go, Rick. Come on. See, again, back in the late 60s when I first met Jasper. Yeah. (laughs) He was the ultimate shield agent. He was by the book, even more so than Nick himself. Right. And they just they they just that would make that'd be like making Jimmy Olsen a bad guy. You can't do that. Well, but but there was a version of Sitwell that turned out to be against Shield. In Not the, in uh, my world. <laughs> in that, uh, what, what was it? Uh, Nick Fury and and the uh, and and the Agents of Shield or whatever, whatever that book was called. One, in one, the, of, the, one of the later books. Yeah, yeah, one of the later books. In the, I believe in the eighties, 
where oh, we're at. But when I stopped reading, yeah, when when Shield <laughs> was it was uh, it, it basically uh, uh, intercepted by body snatchers. Sitwell was one of the ones that turned out to be evil. Mm. Well, I, have, I have a little aside about that about that reveal there. Yeah, that part was spoiled for me. Ah, that sucks. Ooh. Yeah, from, on from two what, different angles. From one of your friends, or N- no? By my own, by my first off, by my own idiocy. <laughs> I, was watch, I was watching Shield. You know what? Hold on. Pause one moment. One moment. You can continue hey, this, this thought as as uh, Casina comes in, and he's there. What up, Casina? What up? So we, we were we were just talking Sitwell uh, right before you got on, and Brandon was about to make a good point about him. So uh, Brandon, uh, keep keep going, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll ask Brent more about the movie after you're done. All right. So my own idiocy. I was curious after watching Agents of Shield, and you know where uh, Sitwell said he had to go catch a boat. And I decided to do some more history on Sitwell because I didn't know much about the character. Mm-hmm. And off to Wikipedia I go. That oh. wild, wild west, right? Oh. Big mistake. So this is about two weeks before the movie comes out, or a week before the movie comes out. And I'm reading Sitwell's biography. And usually they have the Marvel Universe separate from the movie universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, so much in, not so much in this character. Yeah. And it said movies. And it said Sitwell was in, was in uh, Avengers, was in Iron Man 2, was in the short films. And then the last line said, Sitwell turned out to be a Hydra agent in Captain America. I'm like, no, why did I read that? Goddamn <laughs> Wikipedia. And I, and I wasn't trying to read that. I was just having a glance at it. And I'm like, oh, crap. See, and, and that's why I successfully avoided like every any, any news article involving Winter Soldier. I avoided any Wikipedia article that could possibly spoil Winter Soldier. I avoided until I saw the movie because I knew, and this is the same damn thing with Amazing Spider-Man 2, and now it's my rant time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the on, UK baby. should not get Captain America before the US. You know what? We should, we should make a Captain Britain movie and hold on to it for a freaking month. You're damn right. You're damn right. 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 Come on. I mean, yes, I completely understand that they have a different holiday schedule than us, and that's why this winds up happening. But that also – and yes, I know they're also on holiday right now. That's why they get freaking Amazing Spider-Man 2 before we do. But it's Captain freaking America. <laughs> it should come out in the U.S. first. That, was, that makes so much more sense. I was in Preach, brother, preach. Come on. It pisses preach. me off. Amen. Yeah, Amen. <laughs> only released that movie on the Fourth of July. Damn it! <laughs> Which they probably would have had Guardians not been coming out this year. But uh, Brent, uh, give give your initial thoughts on uh, on Cap. Now that you're here, I, I really enjoyed it. Good, you better have. initial thoughts. <laughs> yes, I did. Is uh, one of the one of the better movies they have made so far. What was the biggest surprise uh, while 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 watching it? What did what did you not expect the most? Um, I, I think kept we had shirt talked. on. <laughs> that was my wife's least favorite part. That they skipped over the shower scenes. Yes. <laughs> I was instructed to inform you guys that her two favorite parts yeah. were the Under Armour shirt in the beginning yep. and the wife beater in the middle. Of course. But she was vastly disappointed <laughs> that we skipped how he got to the wife beater. She gives it yeah. four bow chicka wow wows up. Uh, she actually <laughs> only gave it three stars because of that. Aw, oh, darn. Oh. Three stars. Just wait for the DVD. That big of a demerit. <laughs> deleted, scene. deleted shower scene there you go the deleted shower scene <laughs> yep hopefully so, uh, Black Widow's in that scene too <laughs> oh yeah oh, ho, ho. <laughs> so, uh, my biggest surprise was uh, was Zola mm. yeah. Zola. Yes. yes 
Yes, uh, that was surprise. that was a, a great surprise. Um, I, I think I pre- successfully predicted, based off of the previews. Uh, uh, I think the last time we had talked to her, bitch about Agents of Shield, that Shield was going down in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't much of a surprise. The Hydra thing was. Uh, but my my biggest surprise, my favorite part was Arnim Zola when he came on and started talking. I was like, yes, yes. And everybody else in the theater was like, huh? <laughs> you know what? You, you you remind me of what, while I was watching it, we had we were an entire row of nerds. Like ten of my friends uh, got there like in, at least an hour and a half before the movie. We were we got our you know perfect seats and and we're sitting there and watching the whole damn thing and and we enjoyed it all the way through. We got all the references laughing hysterically when we were supposed to be laughing you know big shock you know Stephen Strange everybody like woo but there was there were these two girls sitting behind us that were essentially doing the the black woman don't you go in there <laughs> why they were black? Uh, uh, why they, they going to be black? Because they were. They were. I, uh, I, I, I'm just saying they could have been white. They could have been white and still doing the black. Stating the, a fact, not a stereotype. Yeah, exactly. I'm, st- I'm stating the fact, not the stereotype, Brandon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the end of the movie, got your back, white brother. Yes. They they knew no, they knew none of the reveals. So when when it turned out Bucky was uh, was Winter Soldier, they were like, oh damn, oh no, sitting sitting behind us. And at the end of the movie. They get up, and she turns to the entire theater and says, y'all are such a bunch of nerds. Says <laughs> <laughs> so the woman who spent two hours and 20 minutes watching Captain America. <laughs> You're damn right. No, she, no she, she liked the movie. Don't get me wrong. It's just she was on. She was there opening night. It was Thursday, not even Friday. Opening night. What the hell do you expect? Of course all the nerds are going to be in the damn theater. <laughs> okay, can I, can I ask you guys? Yeah. Um, it's true that all of us really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yes. Correct? Yes, correct. Yes. Do you think the movie would have been exponentially better if none of us had known who the Winter Soldier was? Hmm. You know what? No. Considering they spoiled it on the uh, Agents yeah, of the- S.H.I.E.L.D. building an empire. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty much out there. I mean, they weren't really hiding the fact that Sebastian Stan was back in the role. Yeah. He had interviews and stuff leading up to the weeks before the film. So it wasn't like the Star Trek thing the last summer where he's not con. We promise he's not con. Oh, my God, he's con. That's that's the thing, though, honestly, because that wasn't the big reveal about the movie, though. The big reveal about the movie was the fact that Hydra was behind the whole plot. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why Marvel wasn't shy on this, because that was not the big reveal. And and yes, you know, like let them let them talk about the Winter Soldier. That'll keep the Hydra thing much more of a secret. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And and as as the people sitting behind me proved, Rick, and I'm sure that they were far from the only ones. There's plenty of people who don't pay attention to news, don't pay attention to trailers, don't pay attention to specials that air on TV that were just as shocked as anybody that Bucky wound up being with the soldier. It's the people who would have known beforehand that knew beforehand. Mm-hmm. Example, I took my girlfriend to see this movie, mm-hmm. and as the reveal happens, you know when when Bucky uh, when uh, Winter Soldier loses the loses the goggles and loses the mask, yeah. And, you know, he's fighting Cap, and Cap goes, Bucky, and he goes, who the hell's Bucky? I look at my girlfriend, and I look at Dawn, and I'm like, Dawn, you know what it is? She's like, no, who is that? I'm like, it's the guy from the first movie, his best friend, and her jaw just drops to the floor. <laughs> well, they, didn't they have the flashback scene with them at the, the door one, of his parents yeah, yeah, after they died? Yep. But, but didn't they have that prior to the reveal, or is that after? I think that, that was after. That was after, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it it was, was still a difficult reveal because of the 
just the, the physiological difference between right. the way he looked back in 1945 oh, yeah. and how he looked now. You had to really stay with it. You had to really be into the movie and not be distracted by anything else going on sure. to really make the connection yeah. as a non I, I think th- at that point, the uh, theater should have had like a laugh track or some type of soundtrack. You know, like on like on good times when something serious would happen and the audience would go, ooh, that's that's what should have happened when the reveal came up. <laughs> like, like I said, don't you go in there. <laughs> I, 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 I thought the thing that they had the most trouble with was getting across the fact that they kept wiping his mind after every mission. Yeah. Because you saw them electrocute him, but my my wife looked at me and was like, what are they doing to him? I was like, they're wiping his mind so he doesn't have any memories. But that was not explicitly stated or kind of really explained. It was just, here's Bucky. He completed his mission. They're going to electrocute him. And that's what happened. Okay, I say that, that was it a tough scene It wasn't watch, really though. stated like yeah, – was. it wasn't was really tough. like this is what we're doing. We're going to wipe him clean. There was no wipe word used at all, which I, I thought that was a little yeah. – you know, could have been done a little bit better. I think they should have star wiped his brain. That would have been great. That would have been great. Star wipe and cut. Yeah. Woo. Uh, my 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 biggest reveal, my biggest shock of this movie, I think was actually probably that first post credit scene with uh, with Von Strucker and the reveal of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch because. I I didn't know I didn't know if they were going to go there this movie. I I really didn't know if that would be what tied things together. And and I I'm far I'm sure I was far from the only nerd that thought this. When he when Von Strucker mentioned the twins at first, I'm like, "Oh god, this better not be the Von Strucker twins." Because <laughs> That's what I thought. Wait, but Andre, Andreas and um and, Andrea Fenris. really? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it, it like I'm like no, there's no fucking way you're introducing it into a into a, into a Disney movie, The Incest Twins, okay? Let us go kill Professor Xavier, yeah. <laughs> and then and then they introduced the other Incest Twins. So that was that was <laughs> that was good <laughs> for the yeah, for the overall story. Can't win them all, can you? <laughs> no. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> but uh, but no, I I actually really liked the way that Von Strucker looked, and uh, actually both both Scarlet Witch and uh, and Quicksilver had me absolutely pumped. The thing that did not shock me at all, not for a second, did I think Nick Fury was dead because come on, he's Nick Fury, right? Come right, on. but it was they did yeah. it well, yeah, and they they did the reveal well too. They but did. you were right, I liked the way that Quicksilver looked. I was mm-hmm. wondering how they would portray his speed on the big screen, yeah. Because it's never been done, really, yeah. and and and, and good, and now it'll be done twice. <laughs> I bet Days of Future Past looks like shit. I saw Days of Future Past most recent trailer, and I liked it. So, so did I. Yeah. Oh my god, did I? I'm I did too. But to I, I don't. I don't like the Quicksilver. I don't like. I don't, what's, like I don't know. I don't like what's coming well, out. You know what? I, I like the movie version of Quicksilver that they're showing now. I mm. I, I don't want to see the guy in the light blue tights. I yeah. really don't. No. I really don't. <laughs> well, I we'll, really don't. Well, <laughs> so you really don't. I really don't. <laughs> Cod piece or no? I don't want to see it. I just think they're staying away from the close cropped silver haircut, so he's not like that guy on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that guy's name, but he had that haircut for a while. Oh yeah, wow. it's like Quicksilver. I'm so s- my my kids immediately asked me when they, they saw Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, yeah. and I had to kind of explain to them mm-hmm. who they were. Because I think they had seen them on some Avengers cartoons. Yeah. But they asked me, are the Avengers ever going to fight the X-Men? 
<laughs> oh, it's like, well, sit down. Story about that. Let me tell you a sad story about <laughs> and copyrights. So and... there was this bankruptcy time for Marvel, <laughs> <laughs> where they made some really horrible movie deals. <laughs> it was. It was a dark age called the 90s. It, I mean, co- come on. I mean, Rick, you know this as well as I do. They almost sold Iron Man separately from the Avengers. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sony there's, there's Spider-Man the of dollars they do. floating around with these, these characters. Yeah. Can't somebody just back up a, a, a ton of money to Fox and say, here, Here's a half billion dollars. Yeah. Just give us the X Men, and you'll get a portion, and you get distribution, and, and just and let's he, get this thing done. And here's and here's what Fox is going to do. They're going to put up five fingers, and they're going to put down four, and there's going to be one <laughs> finger left up. And it should be called the Amalgam Universe. Yes. <laughs> you know, if, this, if this Brian Singer thing goes the wrong way, they might just sell it. Oof. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine that though? Really? Although. Although uh, I'm kind of with Ian's Facebook status, you know, it's two weeks before the movie opens, and uh, or three a month before the movie opens, kind of smells fishy. Yeah, I know. There's, there's I was expecting uh, the Kirby Estates lawyer to be behind it. <laughs> Whatever that guy's name is. Jump there, was. I was in a bullpen. Rick, before you have to go do your own show, uh, what, what was your biggest shock of uh, of Winter Soldier? Uh, the extent of Hydra's infiltration and no mention, no anything of Madam Hydra. Mm. Ooh. Who would definitely give uh, Black Widow a run for money in terms of uh, the eye candy department. Oh, God. Yeah. And now I'm trying to. She was in Wolverine. Well, that was Viper. That was a Viper. Right. Right. That that was that was Viper, not. Uh, you know, Madam Hydra. Well, there have sort. been multiple <laughs> Madam Hydras over the years, so that's it could easily be a different one. Or they could actually introduce Elena Belova. That's true. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or hell, the Contessa. Ooh, <gasps> I want to see Contessa so bad. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many Marvel characters, and if there's one thing that Quicksilver oh. and Scarlet Witch prove is that you could still have Madam Hydra on screen and not name her Viper. And it would still be under the purvey of the Avengers, not of uh, of uh, the X Men franchise. Go ahead, Rick. Captain America and his howling commandos. Yeah. Do you know how angry that made me? <laughs> Do you have dumb. any idea? <laughs> dumb, dumb. I know they did it in the cartoon, the but that's a cartoon. Yeah. This is the movie. This is real life, kids. You can't play around with stuff like this. <laughs> There's no way they were going to have to explain why Nick Fury is that freaking old. Yeah. Now, no way. Listen, I, I – it's the Infinity War. You saw the picture of Nick Fury as a young man with Robert no, Redford. No, I like remember – aged. Yeah, I know. I remember seeing when the first Cat movie came out. I just – I just – I don't know where I saw it. I'm not going to have to troll the internet to see if I could find it. Yeah. But there was a, a deleted scene that showed Samuel L. Jackson in a World War II uniform. No, no. Yes, that that might have been a that, that, that's a fan Photoshop. I own the Blu-ray of Cap, and that's not on it. I'm not saying it it actually made it onto the deleted scenes, but I had thought I had seen something out there that they were playing around. Remember the uh, the old uh, what was the name of that series? Truth. Yeah, the Kyle Baker thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have been anything like that. Listen, yeah. he lost his. Uh, yeah, it could it could have been it could have been it's just this is this is a lot easier. The, what I would have liked them like to see them do is have it be uh, similar to the Ultimates, 
where Fury's father was a member of the Commandos. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. You know, that, that would have worked that very, just as well, you know? Do I some mean, revisions history make, make either Gabe or uh, what's-his-face from the uh, actual movie? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would Okay, before that, I go, yeah. um, I've been growing. I, I went to Brooklyn that one time. That yes. I texted you. Yes. And I ran into a guy with a handlebar mustache. Yeah. So I naturally had to do the same thing. Of course. So when I put on a derby, I look like an ultimate dumb, dumb Dugan. <laughs> it's, it is awesome. It is awesome. I need photo evidence, man. You will get it. Good. Good. <laughs> Uh, get, let everybody know where you are, and uh, and also guarantee me that I will be on Pop Cult sometime in the near future because it's been forever, man. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, the the Pop Cult Online Power Hour is a video podcast that can be found on YouTube. So write that down. Look, uh, do a search under Maxim Gloria Rick Gordon or mm-hmm. the Pop Cult Online Power Hour. We've nice. gone video months ago. And uh, we're we're just loving it because every time we do it, it messes up technically, and it's it's just a, a shitstorm and <laughs> catastrophe and foobard and a lot of fun. Google Hangouts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, me and Bob Retall, and he's waiting for me now. So with that, I will talk to you guys later. All right. I love you all. Happy Passover. Later. Sh- shalom. Send my regards to Bob. <laughs> yeah, I will. All right. I do. <laughs> All right, Rick Gordon, ladies and gentlemen, we are yet again back down to a crew of three here, but that's fine because I can talk to Brent more about the movie, uh, especially stuff that we already talked about a little. Brent, one of the questions I asked the other guys before you got on, I want to see whether or not you agree with this or not. There was more character building in this movie than there was in Cap and Avengers combined for me. Well, did did, did you feel the same way? Yeah, uh, I, I wanted more Falcon. He was easily one of the best characters in the movie for me. Yes, and bar none. Well, and I, and I, and I felt they did a, such a damn good job of making me give a shit about Falcon in the amount of time that he was on the uh, screen, where I can easily see him in the next Avengers movie without any problems. I he I hope to God he's in the next Avengers movie. I know they're already shooting it, so it might be like a little late, but mm-hmm. I almost feel bad for him because. Did such a good job, and if he's not in the next Avengers movie, I, I feel like he's gotten robbed. Yeah. And Anthony Mackie needs a franchise. Yes. He deserves something. He's a damn good actor. You know, Hurt Locker, mm-hmm. Pain and Gain, all these movies he's been in lately that where he's like second fiddle to everybody else. Uh, he deserves to, a spotlight. So put him in Avengers 2 at the last second when they're fighting Ultron, have him just swoop down and be like, I got your back, Cap. Something like that. It'd be great. Can I just say how much gravitas he had in that one scene? When he's leading that, uh, when he's leading the uh, the meeting, oh yeah, the, the, with a support group, oh, how much weight that one scene had? Absolutely, yeah. And it, it just showed you, a, that Mackie can command the screen when he when he needs to. Yes. And b how much, you know, how much it it tells that his character has gone through. Yeah. Well, well, even even from the first time that we met him. In that jogging scene with uh, with Steve, which was hilarious, by the way, like on your left, yeah, <laughs> like oh, don't don't you say on your left again? <laughs> say that one more time. Uh, and just even f- from that moment, I liked the character. And just as the movie went forward, it just it gave me more and more of an appreciation for the guy because he was so sincere. You know, that's that's something that I often feel is lacking from from Marvel movies is sincerity. You know, I felt that with 
Bucky in the first Cap movie, and I feel that Falcon easily fills that role for me. Sam Wilson fills that role for me here. It's just, it's just an utter, I'm happy to be where I am feeling that that just permeates the role entirely for me. And it just, it, I, I just want to see more. Simple as that. Leave it to the movie to make Sam Falcon the most interesting he's ever been. Like he, he frankly to me, he's not that interesting in the comics. Oh, what? Oh, what? So he wasn't serious. interesting when he was a pimp. No, they gave him a personality here. Yeah, like he had a he had a fucking personality, and I feel like he's kind of this flat personalityless person in the comics. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it depends on the like though. The black backup guy. I don't know. Any of the Brubaker stuff is what I'm mainly drawing from. Like, yeah, he doesn't have much of a personality. He's just this kind of hard ass like Cap. Yeah, yes, Cap. I mean, no uh, Cap. Yes, Cap. No yeah. Cap. Bit yeah. of a new and, and I, kind of, I like. I like I like Evans's cat because he has a personality too. He's not the same hard ass that Brubaker writes him as, which mm-hmm. I which I like. I you actually know, he, I actually really like enjoyed real the, the Captain America and the Falcon series uh, that was out a few years back, where, where they did have genuine team ups. And uh, if only the art was better, because it was mostly Bart Sears for most of the run, and Bart Sears kind of makes everybody look like a caveman. <laughs> oh, you mean the one from two thousand and one? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, that's 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 the one I'm thinking of. I I, I like that series a lot. I, I read it. Uh, I think I read every issue as it was coming out, and you know it was it was a good, solid, almost like Batman and Robin series uh, for mm-hmm. for Marvel with uh, with Cap and Falcon, which which worked really well. I want to talk Black Widow in this movie because again, talk about character building. I feel like she I finally act- got a haircut I could stand. Yes. Oh, thank God, yes. <laughs> I feel wait, like wait, the, no. the last two movies she was in, their hair hair was... I mean, Iron Man 2, her hair was awful. Yes. That was an awful wig. Really? Uh, Avengers I was a little better. I, I, I really like the way that they did her hair in this movie. And I know this is stupid, we're talking about her hair. Well, no. It, but it has been atrociously bad. Well, it was I, the I most realistic in this one, at least. Go ahead, Brandon. I, I, I kinda, I'm kind of partial to the ringlets. Yeah. Eh. They, they don't work well on screen. But... But yeah, because the motion Black, Black Widow doesn't have that, though. She's always had the straight hair. No, not always. I don't know. She's had ringlets. Her gauntlets look much better in this movie as well, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like, they were they were streamlined. Uh, the electricity that came out of them looked a lot more realistic in this one than they did in previous uh, movies. Uh, I just feel like they, they, they finally are getting the character so well, and they're letting Scarlett Johansson breathe a little bit, as opposed to locking her down, because... One of the things I didn't know, know about this movie going in is that a whole bunch of the lines between Chris Evans and, and Scarlett Johansson were improv Yep, they're all ad-libs. Yeah, which is great because that's when Chris Evans works best. Because, mm-hmm. I, mean, we, I mean, we all remember fin- the Fantastic Four movies and how he was the best part of, of the Fantastic Four movies because he, yes. he was just ad-libbing all over the place. So good-looking. Hell, hell, even go back to like Scott Pilgrim, too. Like his, most, of his stuff, most of his stuff in Scott Pilgrim was actually all ad-libbed also, too. Yeah. Wow, I, I actually didn't know that about the Scott Pilgrim movie. Yeah, because if you, there's the one scene in Scott Pilgrim when he's walking away with the uh, from the fight with this, with the stunt guys uh-huh. are beating on, on Scott. Yeah, he, he gets he gets a text message and he's like, "Oh, right. that's hilarious! <laughs> that's hilarious!" Yeah, you know, that's all that's all him ad libbing all the stuff. Nice. That, so I mean, like he 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 can and will go off, off script if necessary. Yeah, but yeah, go back to your point though. It's good to see Scar Jo breathe a little bit in the in the role because mm-hmm. you she actually is not. A bad actress at all, and yep. she does get a she does get a bad rep sometimes for movies that she makes. But I mean, she she was very believable as the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, down to like the look in her eyes, also that that kind of wistful, far off stare that she had sometimes when thinking about her past. Yeah, and like you know, talk, talking about how not just you know that she had le- had read in her ledger, which is a line I hate from the Avengers so much. So so does so does Chris, by the way. I I don't mind it, but Chris absolutely hates it. Yeah, I, I got read my ledger. I mean, what, what does that mean? Even what, even mean anyway? She had so much development with Cap. I mean, from that first scene with her, you know, hey boys, where's, where's the Smithsonian? I need to pick up a fossil. To even in the scene, the scene on, on the tanker where she's, you know, being, you know, word for word with Cap, you know, about, you know, how her mission was different than Cap's and the Cap, you know, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you see that she is a much more developed character than she was in, in Iron Man, Iron Man Two, or the Avengers, and it's good to yeah. see her grow and actually now possibly get some more backstory from her. I mean, I, I want to see a lot of the, I want to see possibly a, a red room, you know, how she was integrated into the Black Widow program. We'll probably see that in her movie. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the, one of the other things that, uh, that I felt worked so well for me in this, and th- this ties into uh, w- what you said about her, her having another mission. You, you got to see the, the nuances of shield as an organization, because this, I guess this double-handed stuff, it makes it makes perfect sense with with the with an organization like Shield because I mean, you know, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have to uh, departmentalize your missions because there's probably going to be three or four different things happening at the same time that you're gonna want done at the same time. Not everybody is gonna know the same thing as the person standing next to you because how do you even know if they're there for the same reason? It made sense to me with it with a with a covert organization like shield uh that you know black widow would be going for one reason and cap would be going for the other you know cap is the strike force black widow is the the spy you know she's going in there for information and he's going in there to save people so that that made perfect sense for me I mean, it's, it's basic spy one-on-one you know yes you know just in case you do get caught or captured you you don't want to be able to give up the whole entire plan you can only give up what you know yeah yeah, no, that, that definitely. Let's talk Robert Redford a little bit. Uh, spe- specifically, uh, the role as it was presented. Did you see the bad guy turn coming, Brent? Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking he was Red Skull, but he actually turned out not to be, which yeah. I was. I like. Yeah, we 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 all agreed with uh, with you earlier in the call as well. Uh, that I, I'm I'm glad because it would have cheapened it for me. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I don't want Red Skull back if it's not Hugo Weaving. He did such a fantastic job the last movie. I, I don't know if they could do anything different. Absolutely, yeah. Well, the closest that we'll probably get to Red Skull, I I wouldn't be surprised if we actually do get on screen Red Skull's daughter at some point, like we did in the in the in the comics, because uh, I I could see them going that route uh, in one of the movies down the roads because. We're going to be getting crossbones, which we technically sort of did in this one, but now we're definitely getting cross crossbones after. Uh, I really after liked him in this movie. I th- I thought he was going to be a throwaway guy, but I was really impressed with how much and how well they used him in this movie. Well, I didn't even realize he was crossbones until I got home, because <laughs> I I had I had completely forgotten that his name was Brock Rumlow. So going in, I'm like Agent Rumwell, like okay, this this is this guy seems kind of badass, but I don't know where he's gonna go. But then when it, when his when his face got uh, burned the way the way it did, I'm like, all right, he's got to be somebody. And then when I get home, I'm like, oh shit, crossbones, that makes sense. 
that made even more sense to me. So, hell, they, they, they created a character on screen, and I had no freaking idea that it was a character that I already liked and loved. <laughs> Look, can, I, can I just say, I knew going into the movie that Frank Grillo was going to be Crossbones. Yeah. And I completely forgot also, too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, too. I was hoping he'd, like, get some fucking bandoliers or... Well, no, he, he had, the, he had the bandoliers. When he went nuts. He oh, had, okay. He had the like bandoliers. The mask. Yeah, for. the mask was the one that was missing, but oh my goodness, he was... Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I like the turn as well. Like, I mean, you, you thought he was just like a cocky, smarmy bastard at first when he's when he's talking with uh, with Cap and, you know, backing him up and everything, but the scene in the elevator, oh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really well done. That was incredibly well done. Every single fight scene in this freaking movie is well done. Like, oh god, yes. They made Falcon believable as a character. That's number one because he's a dude who flies in the comics. Like, yes, he has wings that were designed apparently by Black Panther. I looked this up earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had forgotten that, but you know here. Like, oh, he's a, he's a paratrooper. Oh, okay, interesting. Oh, he's a paratrooper because he has wings. <laughs> like, okay, I wonder if those were designed by Howard Stark. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Probably that, Tony. Probably, it could have been Tony. Yeah, you're right, it could have been Tony. But it, the scenes with him flying and everything didn't look cheap. You know, he was he was going about and, and assisting on uh, on airstrikes and everything like that with his with his guns ablazing and Oh, dude, it was so much fun. Freaking love that. Yeah, I really liked him. He was sexy. Oh. Standout character of this movie for me. Oh, definitely, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Another another thing I really liked, Sebastian Stan has such a, a pretty boy face. I did, I did not know how they were going to make him come off as a badass. Mm-hmm. And he totally came off as a badass with the Winter Soldier. Yes, he oh, did. Yes, yes, he was, did. I mean, the- he really well done. I was very, very impressed about how menacing and everything he was. You know what it was, so, actually, Brent? I think it was the hair. It wasn't hair. just the hair. I mean, it was also those, he had those dead eyes. He too. did. You, yeah. Like, it was just, you know, you could tell someone was there, but no one was, the lights were on, but no one was home. Yeah. And he just had that look, that this, that glassy-eyed, I'm just here to do this mission look, you know? I've wait, been, oh, I'm just so Oh man! Wait, wait, Brandon. I'm I'm gonna throw out a reference. I forget whether or not Brent uh, used to watch wrestling, but he w- he reminded me of Raven with that dead air, with the dead eyes. His <laughs> eyes are glazed over. <laughs> Quote the Raven, nevermore. Oh, jeez. Yeah, only a hell of a lot more menacing than Raven ever was as a as a wrestler. Yeah, it, it and and it was completely the stare that that hit it. And when when he had the 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 rush of flashback, like you could see mm-hmm. the confusion on his face. Like he almost looked like uh I wouldn't quite say a mental patient, but he looked like a step a step from it though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like he, he looked like he he actually looked like somebody who was suffering from amnesia. Ah, uh, and like because you know uh, I I've been around people who have amnesia and like you know there's that that look where they're like, oh like they're gonna fake like they recognize you. Yeah. He had that all. He had that down. Like he's like, like somewhere deep down inside, he knows. I know this person. Yeah, but I just can't remember who this person is. He can't connect emotionally or with memories. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's kind of soul crushing to see at first, which was what one of the things that made Winter Soldier so great when when Brew Baker presented it to it to us in the first place was that disconnect, mm-hmm. and it's presented perfectly here on screen. Uh, more than more than anything, I feel. 
I just completely forgot where I was going to go next. So instead, I, I'm just going to say, Brandon, I don't think I ever actually actually asked you what your most surprising moment of the, of the movie was. So what, what was your most surprising moment? Oh, God, there were so, so many. I mean, honestly, I was, for me, I was actually surprised at how well Cap moved on screen mm-hmm. and how well he fought. You know, we, we've seen Avengers. Oh, I'm sorry. We saw, we saw the first Avenger. Yeah. And it was all shield bash, you know, posture pose. You know, then we saw Avengers and it was all, again, more shield bash, some posture, some posing, you know. Yeah. But, oh my God. But that, that opening scene on, the, on, that, on that freighter, and he just does that little flip where he throws a shield at, at the guy. <laughs> And it just bounces back, and he and he's doing the the MMA moves, and it just I'm thinking, okay, that is how Captain America would fight in comics. Yeah, and but, the, the shield, the shield is used so much more offensively this time. It around. is. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like they they tried a little bit with the first movie, but since he was still learning, they kind of held back a little bit. But this one, they were like, all right, he's been here for a while. We saw the Avengers and him use it there, but this this time was really fantastic. Yeah. Like really I, I I read. I read the first volume of the Winter Soldier trade over the weekend, mm-hmm. and there's a couple issues in there where Cap's fighting some guys on the top of a train, and he's just throwing this shield willy-nilly, catching it, flipping in the air, using it. And I really like – there's one shot in here where like uh, he Cap grabbed the shield and then like jumped up behind it, and it covered his whole body. Or like crouched down and was hiding behind the entire shield. Yeah, I was like, man, Chris Evans is in fucking fantastic shape to be able to do that. Yes, he is. Uh, oh yeah, man. and he did a bunch Specimen. of his own stunts. He did a bunch of his own Specimen. stunts in this movie. <laughs> Specimen yeah. indeed. All right, we know you have a man crush, Brent. We know. <laughs> but can we go back to the fight? Can we just go back to the fights real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that first fight with him and, and Batrock the Leaper. Yes. Who was impressed by that? Oh my god, dude. Yeah, it was. Look, I, I follow MMA, and I know about GSP, or mm-hmm. Georges Champier, for those who don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, oh my God, I was so impressed by that fight. I, I was just, well, oh. what, what I What I appreciated about the fight was when he put the shield down. Mm-hmm. Because that's when you knew that we were going to get a hand-to-hand fist fight, and we were going to see exactly what Cap has, not only what Cap has working for himself, but what he has learned since he was unfrozen. Right. Because we saw him working out at the gym in the Avengers, and we saw some of his moves in the Avengers, but they were mostly shield moves. You right. Know, with this, we know that he has been studying what he has missed fighting-wise, mm-hmm. what has developed since. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he throws some Krav Maga out the next time that we see him. <laughs> you know? Like, it, it's... It, basically, he needs to keep himself in tip-top form because he cannot just be a guy who throws a shield because if so, if the shield ain't there, he's a goner. Right, and he, and he shows that how much of a tactician he is also, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What, what, what I really liked was how they how well they took the stupid, stupid character, Batrock the Leaper, and actually put him on screen, kept him pretty true to the comics, minus the mustache and the mask. Yeah. Okay? You know, he was Algerian or whatever, so technically... You know, French colonial. That shocks the is, is that the way he is in the comics? Is he Algerian? Hello. I know GSP is French Canadian. So. Hello, I'm Spatrock. I'm from Paris, France. But, you know, I, I was thinking that this is just going to be like a, a fizz fight or one or two, and they're going to give George St. Pierre 
a couple seconds to like show off a little bit and you know give him his glory shot and then uh capture's gonna take him out but they actually made him a very formidable foe yeah as far as character wise which i really liked and he did a lot of leaping and shit like that i yeah. thought that was cool he was born in Mar- um, Mar- marseille france and served in the french foreign legion in the comics okay yeah that helps yes but but no i mean it, it, and What's what was great about Batroc is that it, it it didn't feel like one of those throwaway villains, like oh we're gonna have this villain show up in the in the first five minutes of the movie just so that the the weed has something to do. You know? oh, rhino. Yeah. <laughs> hey 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 come on come on come on it's gonna be the rhino. I don't, I'm not gonna fucking care. It's gonna be the rhino. All right. He's Paul Giamatti. He's the rhino. You know fucking rhino. Fucking rhino. <laughs> hey, Paul Giamatti's father was a. Commissioner of Baseball. All right, you 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 put you take that back. You take that back, sir. <laughs> fucking, fucking UK has seen it already. All right, I'm not gonna get pissed about that again. <clears throat> but uh, you know, it, it it didn't feel like it was just there for the sake of being there. It actually felt like it was furthering the plot along a little bit because even in that opening scene, you have Cap wondering like, what the hell is Sitwell doing here, and uh, you know why why do things feel so shady? Why is you know, Black Widow going around my my back to do things on her own. Uh, it, it the the seeds of doubt are being planted already in that opening scene, along with a badass fight scene uh-huh. to, to get things going, and that's that's what matters. The other thing I wanted to bring up, specifically tied to the fight scenes, and you guys agree or disagree when I say this uh, to your heart's content. I am never questioning a directorial decision by marvel again after this movie okay no what what people what i kept reading in the reviews and stuff are like these guys have done community but what i remember reading when they first announced who was doing it or as it was coming out is like these are the guys who did the paintball episodes of community absolutely and those (laughs) like that that the first episode of community i ever watched was the season one paintball episode. Same here. And I was like, this show is awesome. Yep. I'm not doing anything else but watching this show. <laughs> uh, so I, I was not surprised how well it was. But I I was surprised at how much like better than it was oh, that I thought. Please. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. And, and the Russos... Like, I expected a level of, of uh, familiarity and, and capability, but they s- exceeded my expectations by well, a long shot. It continues a scheme that Marvel seems to be doing of hiring comedic directors to direct their action movies. You know, I mean, well, John, John Favreau. I mean, John, John Favreau, for the most part, was known for his comedy more than anything else, along with his acting, but still. And then he went and directed Iron Man, and Iron Man was absolutely terrific. Well, you know? if, you think, if you think about it, that comedy and action are kind of germane to one another, honestly. Sure. Is it in comedy and action? The same thing. It's all, it's all about timing. Yeah, yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Exactly. I mean, you you there is a certain ebb and flow to a a comedy movie. There's also a certain ebb and flow to an action movie, and it's all about how you can be funny in an action movie. You you just have to know when to put the jokes in. Yeah. Oh, and my my second favorite cameo of the entire movie, other than uh, than when, when we got Stephen Strange mentioned, was Danny Pudi as a Shield agent. Abed the agent. <laughs> agent Abed. <laughs> he sided with Cap. Uh, I'm glad he did too. Because he's a good man. Mm-hmm. Abed is a good man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, bef- before we wrap up on the movie and talk a little bit a little bit about Agents of Shield, let's talk a little bit about where we think we're going next with this, and and let's also talk about uh, Agent Thirteen being introduced and uh, whether or not you feel like we got too little of her. Because I, part of me kind of wishes There's there was... There's got to be deleted scenes with her. I, I agree with that. Yeah, Probably, yes. Yeah, because I, I feel like her story was the one that got the short sh- shrift in this in this movie. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised we didn't actually hear the word Carter after her name. We, you know, we heard Sharon, but just like in the comics... Cap didn't actually know her first her full name until years into the comics. Right. So I would not be surprised if we don't hear it until you know well, Cap three that it's Sharon Carter. This, this this movie was so busy and so packed full of a lot of other things that mm-hmm. they were trying to do. Yeah. That that moment really deserves its own moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that. Uh, its own connection, its own scene with Peggy, and if she's still alive. Yeah. By the time they do the next one. She was looking pretty old there. Yeah, Pe- Peggy, um, so, CG, uh, CGI I was, old Peggy. I don't think is going to be around much longer. Oh, but oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But can we just take it aside real quick and say, damn it, that scene got me too. Also, yeah, that scene when uh, you know he's when he's in the when he's in the hospital or, or the even at home talking to her, yeah. and she just loses it, her, loses herself again, and it's like, Steve, you're back. I'm, I'm like, oh. why is it room so yeah. dusty all of a sudden? I've yet to. And I mean, I'm, you know, knock on wood, I'm lucky as hell to not have had anyone in my family that I've really had to deal with that yet uh, with. But I do have a grandmother that suffers of partial dementia and it can be rough sometimes. You know, I mean, I, I'm not as close with her as, as I'd like to be. So I don't, I don't really get to experience it as much as some of my other family members. But, you know, I've heard things about how, you know, one minute she's there and the next minute she's, it's 1993 all of a sudden and she's still working in Brooklyn somewhere you know uh, it's it's one of those on and off basically you 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 flip a light switch in in your brain and like one minute you're you're there and you're sharp as attack and the next minute bam you're you're gone and you're somewhere else entirely it was very well done it was right on point and you could feel the um, emotion flowing in the scene itself that you know Steve was like this is this is what Peggy it has, has become and sadly he did not get to experience Peggy in her in her best years we will as a as a television viewer because from the looks of things the uh. Peggy Carter series is going to be coming to series uh, this, this upcoming year which I am looking forward to immensely as a as a probably as a stopgap in between uh, part one and part two of season two of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it looks like that's going to get renewed but I think that'll be great and this this scene had a lot of emotion to it it really, oh my god! Again, that just shows how much of a good choice that the Russes were as directors. Yeah, you, that, that, that's a risk to put that in the, into a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Are you not looking forward to Peggy Carter, Brent? Is that that what your UG was about? Uh, I think we talked about this the last episode. I, I didn't really enjoy the one shot, but I'll I'll give it a shot. Yeah, um, well, if it does make it to series, the 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 pilot of Agents of Shield was shit, and the last two episodes have been good. It's a shame. It's actually the last four episodes have been really good. Yeah, yeah, that that that'll say. Any final thoughts on uh, on Winter Soldier? Did I miss anything? Uh, is there anything you want to bring up, uh, Brandon? I guess we can talk about the the denouement. You know, really. Yeah. About you know how now it's a brand new world for 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 Marvel. Broken Shield. Yeah. Broken Shield. Uh, I guess that that could probably lead into something like Hammer if we if they really want to. Yep. Would they, they come in and pick pick the pieces up? 
Um, they, would have, they would have to have a new. I mean, obviously, they would have to have a different person in charge because they can't. Oh, get actually, and, and 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 a different second in charge also too. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, I, I I really do. I'm really anxious to see what where where Avengers takes this movie next because, you know, we we've been so long saying you know Avengers and Shield working together, Avengers and Shield working hand in hand, you know, and now I guess like it's really. Avengers are the heroes are really are Earth Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, which it makes me wonder whether or not there's even going to be any government interaction between the Avengers and the government in in, in Avengers Two because Shield was that go between while the basically the government would tell Shield what to do, Shield would tell the Avengers what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, now so, are we going to have? Are they going to introduce Gyrick? Ooh, that'd be interesting. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they can, because I think Gyrick's owned by Fox still, but... Uh, Gyrick might be another one of those characters that could be in both. Because yeah. he uh, he has as much of a rich history with the Avengers as he does with the uh, with the X-Men. In fact, probably even more so with the Avengers. Right, they, Fox it, has Trask. They don't need Gyrick. I agree. Right. Yeah. And then, the, I guess it also, that would bring you back to your whole Jeff Johns run again also, where Avengers were their own sovereign entity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be It'll be interesting to see. That much is true. Um, I like that this was the the typical second act because look at the Star Wars model. You know, first movie ends on a high note. Second movie ends on a severe low note. Terrible shit happens. Yep, terrible shit happens. Third movie, there's resurrection. Essentially, there's there's renewal. Uh, there's 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 hope to be found with. Captain America and this story in general, I think that's what we're going to wind up getting in one way or the other. It might not be in the way we think, because I think the third movie might very well have some Sebastian Stan taking over action going on, but we shall see. But I feel like they are going the route that these sort of movies take, where the first movie ends on a somewhat high note, even with Captain America you know, frozen, there was still victory to be found. The, the second movie, not really much victory. I mean, they, they defeated the bad guys, quote-unquote, but S.H.I.E.L.D. is absolutely broken and everyone's on the ground. But the third movie, I think we'll wind up seeing a, perhaps some more redemption going on with, with Cap and uh, Cap and Falcon going to find uh, Winter Soldier and perhaps what happens next after that. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be difficult to, to forecast what'll happen, but uh, we'll, we'll probably see a, a little bit of a sunnier third movie out of the cap franchise. Brent? Ewoks. <laughs> yup, yup. Yup, yup. Yup, yup. Yup, yup. So yeah, what's your real thing? I kind of hope that the third movie's not just going to search for Winter Soldier. I hope they do something a little bit different and, and you know, that be the opening scene kind of like uh, Bat Rock was here. Another thing, I really hope that they change the dates for Cap 3. Or something. I don't think I do Cap not, Three is moving. I think the other one is. See, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're going to do a showdown, but to me, that is the dumbest move they could do because they're just going to split the audience. You yeah, know I, mean? I don't think they will actually at all. They, you really they, think people are going to go see both movies and support uh, both movies? They, they, they've made the choice pretty easy for me, <laughs> dude. Uh, look, honestly, look. Here's what you can do. So I know a lot of a lot of theaters are doing a lot of marathons. So why not, you know, 8 o'clock, Cap 3, uh, 11.45, uh, 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 Batman v Superman, or, or vice versa. They can take double the profit in one night and then still clean up. Hmm. 
I mean, I, I see your point, but to me, the average moviegoer, you know, they're, they're, these these companies are one, you know, $8,500 $1 million weekends with these sequels. And, you know, especially when it opens up the first week of May, they're expecting something huge. Yeah. I think that's what Sony's expecting with Spider-Man coming out in, uh, you know, a week here. Uh, another movie that is open elsewhere, not in the U.S. first. Yes, I know. Uh, so be aware of spoilers. Yes. Uh, we can get to that, yeah. that discussion later. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just think that they're going to – both of them, you know, one – of course, one will do better than the other. That's pretty much a fact. But I don't know that it's the smartest business decision to st- both of them stand their ground and still have, you know, say, make it or break it time. I don't – That kind of thing. Yeah, because you're gonna have one movie do sixty million, and the other movie do sixty-five. You know, sixty-five million. One's gonna come out on top, mm-hmm. but it's not. The studios are gonna look at it and go, "This didn't do as well as we thought it would." Well, <laughs> you dumb fucks, put it up against another monster movie. Yeah, seriously. Um, well, look, it, it, whether you is- whether you like the quality of that other movie, uh, the hype surrounding Batman and Superman is like none we've ever seen before. So I, I just think that it's it's a dumb move on both sides. And look, that, okay. that's just me. And either way, if whoever moves the movie, a Marvel will always end up looking like a champ in this in this in this circumstance. Unfortunately, oh yeah, because because if DC moves their movie back or up, they're saying they have no faith in their, in. It shows that they have no faith in their. Uh, well, I'm sorry. From from a perspective, it shows that there's they have no faith in their movie. Yet, if Marvel moves their movie up or back. Oh, Marvel's being the this being the gracious host because of course they're the juggernaut going they're they're the juggernaut going into this movie now. Yeah. Yeah. What what happened to the April date? I like I like that this movie opened in April. They the you main I mean? reason that this opened in April is because Amazing Spider-Man is coming out when it is. That, Basically Sony No, I know. Sony walked in the date because there's you, you know as well as anybody that there's always a free comic book day movie. Mm-hmm. And that is yes. Spider-Man this year. And it has been Spider-Man for years also yes. too. Yes, it has. Since since the Raimi days. And I, I know that hype is good for the Spider-Man movie, so I sincerely hope that it is as good as the hype. Because so far it's tracking pretty well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 79% or something like that. And I think the first one was 76%. So we'll, we'll see about that. I, I will say, I will add that if, if they do follow Ed Brubaker's stories, the next Cap movie will take place partially in the UK, and that means we'll get Union Jack, and that will make me happy. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> telling you a Captain Britain movie coming out to America in like on 4th of July <laughs> back to like August okay no. screw you Great Britain no fuck that Captain Britain movie comes out here in May doesn't come out until the UK until August there we go that's right you know, yeah I, my my bigger thing is that like as Captain America aside my my bigger issue is that okay yeah the movie opened up elsewhere so you know if you post a review of it before you know, ahead of time when it's open in the rest of the world, yeah. like IGN or whatever uh, is the site I frequent. So, you know, they already have an Amazing Spider-Man review for the movie. They already have a uh, – they had a Captain America review the week before. Right. Or even – it's almost like a week and a half before it opened here. Um, so the middle of the week for the for the UK. But, you know, all the stupid, like, post-credits articles and shit like that or movie discussions and all this other shit. Like, why don't they wait on those? That's my bigger thing. Post a review, but keep the spoilers until after, you know, till the weekend it's actually open. Because sure. that, that's the stuff that got, like, you know, I clicked on one. Or the Baron Von Strucker, there was a bunch of casting announcements as soon as that guy signed on. Oh, boy. And there's a Baron Von Strucker, Baron Von Strucker, but they didn't say where. Mm-hmm. 
So when he showed up, I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is so-and-so. But they didn't really – I don't remember if they said his name, but I knew who he was because I'd seen all these casting announcements ahead of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, a lot of this stuff's got to calm down, but maybe my problem is I just have way too much time on the internet. Sometimes <laughs> I I have actually kind of found a – like, almost like a zen where I – if I see a headline that in any way has to do with a movie that I'm looking forward to, I just don't click it. And it's, it's kind of refreshing because I used to be the dude that didn't give a shit about spoilers. And now all of a sudden I'm even further excited about stuff when I see it in the theater, like amazing Spider-Man two, I I've seen the trailers. That's essentially what I've seen. I haven't looked at anything else, and there have been reviews posted, and there's been people on my timeline talking about it. But for the most part, I have friends that are nice enough not to post spoilers on Facebook after they see things. Like, I remember, and, and this brings me back a little bit, when Avengers came out, I did a quick summary of it on my, on my Facebook. And, it, you know, I didn't, I didn't spoil anything because, you know, what the hell's the point? Like, people are going to go see this movie if they want to see it. I'm like, look... It, it was a damn good movie, and make sure you stay until the end. That's that's what I said. And one of my not really close friends, in fact, he's barely even acquaint, an acquaintance, posts, yeah, posts, yeah, posts on, on there, Thanos, with capital letters. I'm like, dude, you saw me avoiding spoilers. I don't want to fucking spoil this movie for anybody. So I immediately deleted the post. And like, I messaged him like, look, don't ever do that on my timeline again or else you're gone for good. And he's like, yeah, sorry. I, so I, you know, I won't do it again. But, you know, that's, that's a good way to weed people out of, out of your Facebook <laughs> is if they post full spoilers when you specifically well, it, ask for nothing. It's not really the Facebook thing for me. It was more like, you know, all the all the movie and comic media websites and yeah. stuff were, were posting shit way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like in, in this instance, Bleeding Cool was the most spoiler-free website as far as the movie went. <laughs> because it actually respected it. It hadn't opened in the U.S. yet. <laughs> Whereas, like, Newsrama, IGN, Comic Book Resources, whatever the fuck, was all like, spoilers abound! <laughs> UK's already seen it, so we're gonna ruin it for our main audience in the US. Fuck you guys! I was like, seriously? Come on. <laughs> well, okay, how weird is but it? I, I'm totally with you. Captain America should open in America yes. first. If not, same day and date. Yeah. Well, There shouldn't be any previews and shit. That's, I, I that agree. Was goofy. Well, did, did you... Well, no, the, the thing that gets me is like, how fucked up is it that Bleeding Cool is essentially a UK website and they're being more respectful about spoilers than sites that are from the US? Except that, except, well, I like their slot spoilers ahead. That's pretty neat, funny. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, that, that is <laughs> amusing. Points. That is amusing, yeah. But I'm talking about with the movies. Like, with Amazing Spider-Man 2, they've seen it already. And they're allowed to post about it, I think, as of like two hours ago. But they're going to have a review, and they're sure as hell going to say in it, spoilers, don't read this. For those of you who don't live in the UK, don't read this. And guess what? I'm not going to read it because I don't live in the UK, and I'm not going to see it for another week and a half. It's the way it's going to work. I I think we pretty much wrapped up on Winter Soldier, so I want to talk a little bit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Finally! Yes. So good! So good! And first off... I'm going to rant a little bit before we talk about how good this is, okay? Because 
this should not have taken I, as I long as it I did. I would say, yeah. I, I, I'm just going to stay here. My opinion is, yes, the last couple episodes were good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say the series as a whole is good now. I'm right. going to call it improved. Yeah, and that and that's Much where improved. that's where I am as well. Continue Brian. your rant. No, that's we were on the same page last week. Yes, and and or we, last month. Yeah, really. and, and we still are. We still are now. <laughs> it should not have taken until the last, I guess, what six episodes of the of the, of the run for me to give a shit about this show. You know, I no. I've been I've been watching it week in and week out. And I've been I've been enjoying parts here and there, but for the most part, it's been filler up until now. There really hasn't been much to to catch your eye on this show. It really hasn't felt they've been treading water, and now we know why they were treading water because they had to fill time until <laughs> Winter Soldier came out for them to have a story, for them to have a villain to work off of, for them to have you know edge of your seat action in this damn thing because other than the the deathlock stuff there's been nothing nothing to keep they you coming back they should have launched it next season really no they they should they should have launched it in may as a summer series yeah as a summer series Definitely. that would have been good too yeah but i would have i would have liked the thing like colson awakes from project wherever the fuck they're calling it mm-hmm. lmd GD. anyway yeah he awakes as the helicarriers are crashing and he's got to escape the Triskelion and assemble a team and then take off and avenge shield. Yeah. That would have been a fucking cool premise of a show. Absolutely. Not, yeah, what, yeah, it, I, not what they did this yeah. first season. It, like, it's it, start out with a bang. Yeah. Cause I mean, you want to lose, you want to lose viewers because they sure as hell have lost viewers because the first, you know, like I said, the first like 12 episodes of the show and even more than that were, were not enough to keep people coming back. Speak, well, Brandon. They, they Go ahead. had huge well, premiere numbers. Yeah, well, huge yeah. premiere numbers, and they lost all of their steam. They did. Yeah. But look, I, again, I, now I don't want to say this is the whole aspect of it being a Joss Whedon show. You know, Joss Whedon shows always typically have that little bit of a slow burn to them. You know. Yeah. But looking back, though, I mean, if you if we had went into Agent, Agents of Shield where it is now, okay, mm-hmm. now where you have spoilers. Grant working for Hydra. Yeah, would you have been appreciative of what what well, what happened now? I don't think so because really, if you if you look back at those episodes, the reason why, and I think I think the, honestly the, the weakest part of the show was Grant honestly because he was so cookie cutter bland. Yeah, yeah, exactly cookie cutter. Yeah, and that's because he was playing a part to be cookie cutter. Right. And looking back at now, I'm thinking that's freaking brilliant. Now it, that you play okay. you no. play that line no. so. You, no, 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 no. You're yeah. see, the whole Joss Whedon shows are slow burns is a fucking stupid caveat. You and can have a said- slow burn and it still be good. Go watch season one of The Killing. That is a the epitome of a slow burn show. The Wire is a slow burn show. Yeah. But those are slow burn Breaking shows. Breaking Bad. They're fucking entertaining. Yes, Breaking there you go. Bad was a slow They're burn entertaining show. entertaining week to week to week, yeah. and you could watch something and not go. Oh, you know, you were hooked at one instant, and yeah. you weren't watching the show going, eh, this is okay. All right, I'll watch it next and, episode, which is kind of what everybody was doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's right. why I preface it saying I don't want to say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was that. You yeah. know, 
Okay. I'm tired of people going, oh, well, all of Joss Whedon's shows are slow burns. And, 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 okay. and I didn't no, say no, that. I, know, I, I, know, Brandon, I know, Brandon. You, Marvel fucking yeah. comics. No, Brandon, you, you didn't, but other people have. And, that, I know. and, and that's the problem. And because, you just used the sentence as well, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but, I, I, yeah, I know that's not specifically you, Brandon. I may have heard Raph say it a bunch of times. Yeah. We were bitching about this show <laughs> on the last episode. Yeah. So that may have a lot to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I've heard two people say it now into my eardrums I've, and i don't know where else i've heard it or read it i've but watched there have been other people besides the two of you i've watched ahead, buffy sorry. i've watched angel i've watched dollhouse i've watched firefly and now i'm watching agents of shield number one agents of shield is barely a, a joss whedon show it's actually more the Jen his, and Marcia show. Yes, yes. It, yes it is which is which is perfectly fine they did they did uh, dr horrible for the most part and dr horrible was it was very fun i i enjoyed it but they are not proven showrunners, and Correct. it shows in this season because, yes, the Ward stuff is, is, is interesting to look back on it now, but it still doesn't make those shows any more – it doesn't make those episodes any more fun than they were. Right, and, that's, and again, that's the, the other downside of the show is that because they were trading water, they really had to, I guess you could say, villain, villain of the week it for yes. the most part. Mm-hmm. And I really, what I think a good Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show would be – yeah, would be something like more akin to like um, uh, what's the uh, cleanup crew, you know, mm-hmm. where they come in behind an actual event, or they come in, they come in front of an event, and they preface it to something else. You mean dam- like the damage control? Yeah, damage yes. control. There you go. Yeah, that would, be, that would be. I think that's more of akin to like a, what a good right. Agents of Shield show should be. Or, you know? or hey, since you're since we're talking Whedon, or something more like Buffy, because Buffy season one, the reason why that show worked and the reason why it continued past season one is because immediately the characters clicked. And I've talked about right. this on, on the on this show before. I'm pretty sure I even mentioned it last week. Is that yes, that was one did. of the that was one of the things that uh, that made Buffy work right away. Is that even if season one had a slow build, which it did, because until mm-hmm. we got to that what, uh, season finale. The Hellmouth. Really, with the Hellmouth, it didn't really, you know, the real it was Monster of the Week, essentially, is that there was enough interplay between the characters to make it work. With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we did not have that for most of the season. Now here we are with the back end, with, what, what are they calling it again? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, what was it? Uh, In- invasion? or Uprising. Uprising, thank you. Up- uprising, yeah. And, yeah, the last two episodes have been absolutely great. I fucking love them. But yes. give me that for a season. Because, <laughs> yeah, really, like, I don't know why they play them off one against one, one, against one another. Because mm-hmm. it really really does tend to alienate people from the show. Yeah. Because then you end, up, you end up taking your favorite characters, you right. know, and not because they're not because they work with other people so well, because, but yeah. because they're more, uh, the more likened to you. Yeah. Ever yeah, like since Bill example. Paxton was introduced, I've liked the show more because he's exactly. he's a terrific yeah. actor. I liked his character, and I like his character even more now that we know the truth about it. And plus, he, he's not playing it too serious like like everyone else was. Right. Bill yeah. Paxton knows what knows what his character was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, pretty much from the very beginning, you know, he was that that you know that loosey goosey cowboy, you know. Yeah. Even even with his own with his with his with his, with his whole own team also, or his his, his sidekick, you know, triplet. Right. You know, he never came in and you know said, "Oh, you know, um, like we're Coles or we're um, Coulson was all uptight." Yeah. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton was like the uh, the the antithesis of that. And I'm so happy the black man was not the bad guy because 
Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> because, yes. because that would have been such a stereotype, like, should have seen that coming move if that was the case. And it's not. And that makes me happy because not Falcon is a really cool character. Because that's what I've been calling him ever since he was introduced, not Falcon. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the rerun. I was watching the rerun on Tuesday with my girlfriend. I'm like, Dawn, watch this. Watch this. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to give the knife. I'm like, oh, no, please. I'm like, why the black guy? Why the black guy? Can't we have one nice black guy for once? Yeah. No. Well, let's, let's, let's talk. No, what's, really telling, what's telling for me is that there's some interviews put with the actor that plays Grant Ward on S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. and I don't know which one it was that I read. It was one of the comic book ones. And he, they were asked, they asked him how long did he know, and he basically knew a few episodes or a few days or something before they got the script for this last – or the turn, turn, turn episode mm-hmm. post-Winter Soldier. Right. So it's not like he knew from the beginning that he was bland. Sure. He was just a shitty actor playing a boring character. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I mean – no, I don't – Or don't. they wrote him a boring character, yeah. and I don't – know if they came up with it at the last minute or whatever but it kind of i don't i don't think you can go back and rewatch those first episodes now and look for hints or clues because i don't really think that they're there until maybe three prior to this yeah. one where he turned that he they knew probably, of because for all we know jed whedon and and uh, marissa uh Tikarian knew before they told the characters i mean t- told the actors that happens all the time on tv shows yeah, sure. Like, but if you're going to lay the groundwork for something, then lay the groundwork for something. You're right. And well, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like it's like the whole Star Wars thing where Star where where Luke where Luke found out that Darth Vader was his father. Like no one on set knew other than Lucas. And even when they fil- even when they filmed it, they they said another line, and then then they dubbed it something else in there. So I mean, in in the writer's own head, they probably had an idea. They probably had a clue of of someone that that someone was going to be a, a defector. It may not ha- it may not have been Grant, it could have been Gemma or even Fitz for all we know. But somewhere deep down inside, they had that. So which it, it does allow you to go back and say like, oh, okay, this person was played this way now, be- or or they were written this way because oh, they want to make this person to not seem like the most log- logical choice. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I do like about Ward's turn is him mentioning, you know, how he went he went after Melinda because uh she was the hardest to crack and that's why he tried to emotionally break her by, you know, basically betting her. <laughs> you know, that getting getting her on his on his side was uh, was part of the plan and then working his way towards Sky. I hate that Sky is a magical dream girl. I I I always have and I always will, you know, she is the magical pixie of the series where everything revolves around her, everybody loves she, her. She's our Willow. No, she's not, because... No, 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 no I'm sorry. She, don't, she's our Tara, I'm sorry. Yeah. She's our Tara. Uh, and she's not even Tara, because I like Tara, too. Uh, <laughs> Sky is a character that is being forced down our throats, and I hope that there is a resolution to her that matters, because I've liked her a little bit more, slightly more, in the last two episodes, but she's still my least favorite character, and I think she's going to be Give me her head on a spike. Yeah. Uh, Brent, talk about uh, how uh, Turn, Turn, Turn and Providence work for you and uh, whether or not you feel like this is going to save the series in the long run. Uh, Turn, Turn, Turn worked for me because it was like, it wasn't the, you know, the Thor tie-in or the, you know, where they had 
okay, here's, oh, we're in Greenwich, and here's some debris, and oh, here's a case that takes us totally away from this site. <laughs> That's, you needed to totally watch Thor before this episode. <laughs> um, it, it actually tied in, and, you know, I didn't really know, get the timeline of it, because it seemed like in that in that episode, everything was taking place at night, whereas Hela, to me, in the movie Hydra, revealed themselves during the day. Yeah. But, you know, give or take, if, uh, okay, fine, whatever, no big deal. And then I like the uh, the one from this last the one after that last night. What was it called? Promised Land, was it? Providence. You said the name of it. Providence. Providence. Coulson was just a badass. Yes. He was just he's just mad and pissed, and he's just like, whatever. He's just like fuck this, fuck you. My friend is still alive. I away? swear. Shut up. Fucking he's still me. alive. He's still alive. No, I, I swear. I like how he stood up to May and was like, "Fucking try and take my gun away. Yeah. I will shoot you." Yep. Like he is unsure of nobody. He's sure of nobody on this fucking plane, but he does not care. Yep. He's getting answers and he's going to take down anybody who stands in his way. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, and and we need more of that on this show. We need more badassery. Yes. Um, the thing that pissed me off the most about these episodes, and it showed itself the most in Providence, is Sky calling Ward from the you know secret oh, yeah. hideout. Here's the secret codes. Yeah, like here's our location. Here's the bunker. You know. Oh, so. Where you were heading was attacked. Oh, wow. You couldn't have possibly done it. Here's where we are. Like, that that was the most contrived moment of, of Providence. And uh, Patton Oswalt was great. That much, oh. I'll, that much I'll say. I, I he, he worked the best for me in that episode, other than the main characters, because what I loved, I'm sorry, Nick Fury is dead. And then Coulson... Uh, Walk with me for a minute. So Fury's alive. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I was kind of just like, did they not get the memo? <laughs> and then they took him aside. I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, okay. yeah, that 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 worked nicely. And I, I liked his. Uh, I also liked Patton Oswalt's character's uh, cabin fever. That was fun. With like, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, no. Every 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 day they uh, they change the, uh, the the screensaver on the windows to make you feel like you're uh, you're you're out and about. Like topless beach is my favorite. Oh, did you, did you notice though the one they showed was actually Tahiti? Yes, I did notice, and that freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, what the hell? So, uh, do, do you think it saved the show, Brent? Uh, well, there they have what five episodes left. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Ratings wise, probably not. Yeah, because um, I, I know that it improved on DVR wise, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, story-wise it has, like I said, it, it improves on DVR numbers, so even though some sites were reporting that it dropped, I know that DVR numbers were strong for the last two weeks, and, and that's that's going to help them out a lot, uh, especially because there are people that hadn't seen Winter Soldier yet, and there's no reason to watch these episodes if you haven't seen Winter Soldier yet, because it's just going to you know spoil the movie for you, and that, that's not exactly a good idea. Brandon, uh, what, yeah, what did you think of the last two, and uh, did it save it? Um. Strongest, I think the show's been in since ever, honestly. Yes. Uh, now it has something to relate back to. You know, it, it shows the strength of since Shield was independent of itself for the first six or eight episodes. It really shows how much you need the uh, universe for it to work. Yes. 
uh, especially when you look at the, uh, that Thor episode. Actually, <laughs> the first Thor episode also, too, not the one with um, which it, with Team Alexander. Yeah, no, because the Sif episode was pretty good. That first one was a piece of shit. Right, and, you know, like, you could you could tie it back into Thor, and then you'll just, you need the characters there. You know, you need an actual defining moment for the, for the, for that TV show to work. Yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't a giant painting of a Viking warlord in that first Thor episode. <laughs> uh, Talk to us with some ectoplasmic goo. Uh, oh, we got, we got, what's his face? Uh, uh, who, who was Berserker? the, Berserker? Uh, no, not Berserker. The, uh, the, the god, the little god played by, um, oh, the hell's, what the hell's his name? I'm not going to remember. I don't know. I think that's what I was referencing. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, like, I, I, I just think it's, it's it's tougher to watch Agents of Shield when the CW Green Arrow show is, is miles much better. Beyond yes, it. yes, like, it is. Even in its first season, was miles beyond what this is. And so it's, right, it's yes. it's un it's kind of unfair, but at the same time, they have a lot to live up to, and I think they could look to Arrow for the way to do things. Yes, uh, a little bit better. Oh, even though I don't like Deathstroke's hockey mask helmet, yes. I <laughs> preferred the one that he had on the island. Um, you know, I'm still really, really enjoying that yeah. show. But, but, well, that's the thing about Arrow. Arrow yeah. had, had Arrow has that clear beginning, and they have a clear end. At, at, they have a clear end at the end of every season. Yes. With Shield, they don't really have that luxury unfortunately, because they don't know how much of the movies are going to play off into the series. Which and, I mean, and, and they were developing the show as the first season of Arrow was on, and they could have looked at that and gone, "Wow, they okay. Here's what they're doing well. Yeah. Here's what they're doing wrong." In our opinion, you know, our show is going to be structured differently, but how can we, how can we emulate or well, you know make it as good yeah. as this show? Because that's really what's going up against it is, you know, amongst the comic book faithful is shield i was walking out of work today and my friend alan who went to school with me you know which is kind of weird we're in classes together and then three months later we were at the same workplace it was like hey hey i know you he (laughs) walked up to me and said have you seen did you see winter soldier yep awesome or you've been watching shield yep a lot better and and then it immediately went to you've been watching arrow he's like no i have to catch up i was like that's the show you need to watch yeah immediately Shield, I mean, look at, okay, Arrow, watch that show. Well, but back back to Ian's point again. Look, look who runs Arrow, and, and look who runs Shield. Yeah, you have Andrew Kreisberg, who's running who's running Arrow. Yep, who actually pretty much has been on a lot of comic book TV series. Yeah, whether, whether it be uh, cartoon movies or or cartoon shows themselves. I think he had his, he had a little bit of his hand in the Young Justice cartoon series, also too. Mm-hmm. And look at that! That was that show again had a they had a beginning, they had an. And at the end of every, at the end of every season, sure did, yeah. And that's and then then now look at Shield. You have you have Jed and Marsha, the husband wife team. Y- yeah, they kind of know where they want to go, but it's like we we have a, this idea further down the road. We don't know how we're there yet. We kind of get we want to get to that point, but we don't know how the other things in the universe are going to tie out to that. So and, and, so, and, what you're saying is. You should hire proven showrunners to run a show. Yes. Well, yes, you should, but you should also you should also have a beginning and an end. Well, you should you should you should know where you want to end this series. It's not even it's not even that. It's not even that. The main difference between these two shows and you know this is true because you watch both of them is that Arrow is not afraid to work within its universe. And you cannot right. tell me you cannot tell me that the showrunners of Agents of Shield did not know where Winter Soldier was going to wind up because yeah, they the have said was done. right the script was done and they have said multiple times that they worked very closely with Joss and with those involved with Winter Soldier to ensure 
that the show was working with the overall scheme of the universe. But what Arrow does, Arrow has introduced Deathstroke. Boom. Arrow has introduced the Clock King. Boom. Arrow has introduced Nissa Al Ghul. Nissa Al Ghul. They've introduced Black Canary. They've introduced the Suicide Squad. Raz Al Ghul is going to be the villain the next season. Well, Ravager hasn't been introduced yet, but she's going to be. I mean, yes, yes, the character who's going to be Ravager has been introduced, but we haven't seen her on screen yet. But basically, they are not afraid to use, and it's the weirdest fucking thing when you think about it, too, because you look at DC Comics, and DC Comics is afraid to use their history. DC TV is steeped in their history. Marvel's comics are not afraid to use their history. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is terrified to use their history. You got a point. Because, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just excited kind of for next season for the next TV season, because I guess it'll be a, a really weird thing. Um, to, and, and I guess we'll have a better feel of this when Man of Steel 2 comes out, but is DC going to have a better television division than Marvel? Because we've got Gotham, yeah. we've got Arrow season three, we're going to have The Flash, whatever it's going to be yeah. called. It all depends Flash on those Netflix whatever. shows, man. It all depends on those Netflix um, shows. Well, those those aren't coming out next season necessarily. They haven't... You know, not to mention Gotham and Constantine, yeah. right? All these DC shows up against Agents of Shield, and, and it's going to be tough. They're also it'll, they're it'll also developing tough. a Scalp series now for WGN, yeah, right? And, and look, the earliest that the Netflix shows will come out will be, I think, May of fifteen. Honestly, uh, yeah. So, <sighs> all yeah, all those shows will have their first seasons in the can and on the air before those Netflix things come out. And yeah. obviously, to me. Those Netflix shows are going to be – there's no excuse for them not to be leaps and bounds ahead of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I agree with you. Unless yeah. Marvel steps on their sh- on their shit. Well, most importantly like, – To me, gonna... if if Netflix is run, involved in running those shows, they will be of the Netflix show's quality. Yes, they yes. will. Of Orange yes, is the New will. Black and House of Cards. Yeah. Now, if Marvel's mostly running those shows, which – to me, as a comic book fan, I'd be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if Netflix hasn't stepped in and said, you need this, you need this, you need this to make a successful Netflix show mm-hmm. series, yeah. then they're going to lose out and, and I'll big say, time. I'll say again, if Jessica Jones's first word out of her mouth is not fuck, then I am going to be pissed. Because that should be the first line of that Jessica Jones Netflix series, okay? Because that is what made Alias so damn good, was that they weren't afraid to go there. And that and that's well, what I feel. They're going to launch. They're going to launch with Daredevil. They're not going to launch with that. I know they're not. I know they're. Well, not. You know, it, it's and I, I kind of feel like the way that they mapped it out is that uh, I don't know necessarily if it's just going to be one season of Daredevil, one season of Alias, one season of Luke Cage and Iron Fist, mm-hmm. then Defenders, or if it's going to be like season one and staggered, and then season one and season two, and season one and season two and season three, season, and then you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if it's just like, okay, here we got a deal for four 13-episode shows, and instead of doing four seasons of one show, we're going to do this, this, and this. I and wouldn't this. be surprised if they come out like every other month. Like That's that's what I think is going to happen. That, that I, think I, all, I don't all know th- that it's moving that fast. I, I really well, I really yeah. think that it's going to move year to year to year. Well, well, aren't, they all being shot, aren't they all being shot congruently, though? No, because you, you haven't heard jack shit about any of the Marvel shows except for Daredevil. Hmm. So I know they're. I know they actually. They'll be shooting in New York. I was wondering if they'll be shooting congruently, though, which which would make sense, though, and cut down yeah. costs. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I mean, look. I mean, there's there's not uh, there's not much 
that we know right now other than about Daredevil because Daredevil is, is I guess, in the hype phase because people know who Daredevil is. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not all working on the other three shows at the same time, but you know, we'll 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 worry about that when the time comes. I just I hope, 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 hope that Agents of Shield does two things for me. Two things. That's that's all I need. Two things. Is that we get resolution to the Deathlock story at the end of the season. And that we find out the the final truth of Colson at the end of the season. So that come season two we can have more covert action and more Marvel characters involved with Deathlock as a firm member of the team and a black agent whose name is is escaping me. Triplet. Thank you. They'll trade him out. They'll trade him out. Look, okay. We're going to lose Triplet and gain Deathlock. Just like we lost Big Dog and gained Tyrese on Walking Dead. (laughs) No, and that, and that's where I think Not you're wrong dog. here. What was that guy's name? I see. I can't remember his name. I I I know who you. T uh, dog. T dog. T dog. Yeah. T dog. Yeah. See. Yeah. Great black character. But, can't remember his name. But that's but that's that's where I think TV is changing because look at shows on Fox. Look at how New Girl is changing the norm. I love New Girl. Yeah, New Girl. New Girl was great. What is the thing that New Girl did that made it so great? Is that they multiple didn't, they, token characters? Yeah. Well, no, no, it's not even. It's not even that. Is that they didn't recast. They decided, oh, coach is not going to be on the show. Let's get Winston as a as a uh, as a roommate. You know, let's not recast coach. Let's have a separate character so that if coach ever comes back, we can use him, and there'll be even more color on TV, which is what I want. Okay, mm-hmm. because. <laughs> I'm not one of those assholes and wants all of his fucking shows to be white, okay? I, for fuck's sake, I live in New York. Monochromatic television <laughs> network. Seriously, like like you know the the world has color to it. Let's see more Wait, of that on television. New York isn't like Mad Men right now? No, it's not. Shockingly, it's not. But what? I live in Ditmas Park. Enough said. <laughs> but uh yeah, just in 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 conclusion with with Agents of Shield, I, I want a show, and they're they're a lot clo- like like I said on Twitter and like I said on Facebook, they're a lot closer to the show that I wanted with these last two episodes. I just want them to keep it up, and I would be okay if Agent Ward continues to be the baddie for future seasons or future season. You know, I wouldn't mind if if we if we don't have Agent Garrett uh, all the way because I understand that Bill Paxton has a acting career and he's an actual you know real actor who, who acts and stuff so so he might have other things to do than continue to be on agents of shield for, for another unlike season. the guy playing glenn talbot yes exactly yeah agent pazdar yeah but <laughs> quite a question who, that who mustache. um what was the, what was the character in yeah, in a angel? terrible fake mustache oh my yeah, god yeah <laughs> who's who was a character in, in angel who was um uh the lawyer Lindsay? yeah right mm-hmm. why not make uh why not make Brett Dalton, aka um, what's his face, uh, the new Lindsay? I could see that. You know, he'll show, he'll show up from time to time. You know, you don't know, really don't you really don't know what side he's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could roll with that. Yeah. Just you know just, what side he's on. Well, no, not, that's not necessarily. Well, just I I just I just need a show with character interaction and actual Marvel characters. All right, that's it. Daisy Johnson. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. 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 
seriously, especially especially with the Secret Warriors angle that uh, that the that the freaking movies are taken. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if we get an announcement that Secret Warriors is one of the movies of of Wave uh, Wave Three. And look, and as we all know, Disney is not above using child labor. That is true. <laughs> any any final thoughts from any of you two? Because I think I'm repeating myself at this point. Uh, are you looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy? Fuck yes. <laughs> yes. I think the Uga Chaka trailer, I was like, yes. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. And that's hey, and that that's, that's, that's what is making people interested in this, that it looks like genuine fun. And that's something that I never got out of Man of Steel. Fuck you, Man of Steel. I'm going to continue talking now. No, I'm not. I'm going to shut up, Brandon. No, that's not that again. But I me, mean, look, that's what I think what Marvel has shown with their movies. Like I said before, they, they put faith in the directors. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't hire these people out of just, you know, well, we need, we need a name, you know? Right. They mm-hmm. hire them because they know they can bring an aesthetic or bring an idea to a movie which hasn't been seen before. Yep. I mean, look, you're, you're getting James freaking Gunn, man. <laughs> James freaking Gunn on Guardians of the Galaxy, all right? Yeah. And then next year, or near after, you're going to get Edgar Wright on Ant-Man. Which is still, I cannot wait for that. As more and more cast announcements come out on that, I have no idea who anybody's playing, and I don't even freaking care. <laughs> and look, okay, look, uh, Brent, I owe you a huge apology, okay? I went back, and because uh, of the Marvel uh, Unlimited uh, trial, I read all of FF, and you're right. Um, all Red's art does speak to me now, and I, I, I can equate All Red to Edgar Wright now as a director. Huh, Okay. And there is just that he just has that aesthetic, that that pure comic book aesthetic that he he understands his medium and he knows how to make it work. Yep. And that's why I'm I'm excited for you know Guardians of the Galaxy, which looks like a huge space opera, which is like the Star Wars for the next generation now. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to see um, uh, uh, Ant Man when, whenever that comes out. Mm-hmm. Hell, even Avengers two, from what I've seen from that stupid uh, building a universe thing, yeah, looks amazing. Hulkbuster, thank you. Yes, Hulkbuster armor, true Hulkbuster armor, not yes. Yes. other not shit from Iron Man three. Yeah, and oh, and uh, by the way, uh, talking all red because due to uh, Mister Casina's Comicsology account, I read Superior Spider Man thirty one, mm-hmm. which was terrific. By the way. It absolutely was. awesome finale to this to the series and i look forward to amazing spider-man entirely they had a preview for silver surfer in that yes so fun so stunning also too dude i i like it's everything i loved about slots she hulk it's just pure fun to read yeah it's pure joy yep silver down so yes yes <laughs> You're trying to grow hair right now, aren't you? <laughs> well, you should. What, what was his catchphrase? Here's a hit of silver. Is it your catchphrase? I'm, I don't, when you're that, when you're like me, when you're me, I don't need a catchphrase. I'm like, oh god, Norman. <laughs> yes. Uh dude. All right. Uh, uh, 
I think we're done pretty much at this yeah. point because we've been talking for a while. So we. Should I, I just think up. it would be awesome if Big Bang Theory had an episode next season about how awful Agents of Shield was, and then went down to the producers and yelled at them. How cool would that be? I think it would. Except be even... it's owned by WB, as evidenced by every time they go in the comic book store, it's DC Image, DC Image, DC Image, Wildstorm, DC Image, Vertigo. I think it would be even more no awesome Marvel. if Big Bang Theory didn't have any more episodes. All right, so we're agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. I love that show. What can I say? Good for Not funny you. At all. Good for Kelly you. Kelly Cuoco. King of the Nerds Cuoco. is better, and King of the Nerds isn't even a freaking show anymore. Show. Well, well, actually, who knows? It could be renewed for season three, but uh, season two was good. I, I liked it because it had an evil person. <laughs> Did you watch season two, Brandon? No. Oh, dude. You got to watch it because one of the characters literally goes insane. From the, from the first episode, he's one of the leaders of his team, and by episode three, he's trying to destroy everyone. Is this I want to destroy you all. Yeah, King, King of the King of the King of the Nerds on TBS. Uh, the the first season was great. Season two was great as well. It's a whole bunch of nerds from different spectrums of the nerd spectrum. I said the nerd way the word nerd way too often there. Um, battling to become King of the Nerds and reign on the throne of games. See, that sounds that sounds even more derogatory than uh, Beauty and the Geek. Uh, the Beauty and the Geek, which I loved. Uh, yeah, and and you know what? I thought it would be derogatory until I actually watched it, and it's a freaking love letter to Nerdum. It really is. Mm. King of the Nerds is absolutely respectful in every single way. George Takei, when he signed on to be a guest of season oh, one, uh, actually asked uh, Curtis Armstrong, who is the host and uh, uh, executive producer of King of the Nerds. And, and, you know, Curtis Armstrong, obviously, from Revenge of the Nerds. Um, you know, he, he asked him, is this making fun of nerds? Only he said it as George Takei. You know, is this making fun of nerds? Oh, my. Oh, my. Is this making, is this making fun of nerds? And, and he said, no, absolutely not. We're being very respectful here. And George Takei said, good, because I would never be on a show that made fun of nerds. They are what made me. They and paid my they paid my bills still yes. basically. <laughs> and George Takei returned for season two because it was respectful and he enjoyed his time on there. And uh, in season two, there's actually a mission where they have to save George Takei. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, there's a whole bunch of lasers set up, and they have to maneuver past them in order to save George Takei from a prison. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you actually record that BKs? You, no, you, you no, I f- I forgot to fucking bring my H two down to Tampa uh, when I was supposed to. That sucks. I was in a rush and it was in the front room. I forgot all about it. You gonna have a chance to record it uh, any time in the future? Who knows? Who yeah. knows? I know your life is busy, man. I get that. So, uh, all right. Well, if you do, uh, let us know, and uh, it'll it'll be on there. There'll probably be a extra point out in the next week or two as well as I uh, talk more in depth about my time at PAX East and the rant I just went on, and uh, probably also talk a little bit more about uh, some TV shows I've been watching. I, I just started watching Attack on Titan, and I'll probably have some comments to say about that. And uh, maybe Hannibal. some other anime. Have you been watching Hannibal? I, I have been watching Hannibal. I am... I believe now two weeks behind on Hannibal, so I need to catch up on that. So do not spoil me because I almost got spoiled already due to an oh, ad on NBC. I, I I keep my mouth shut. 
that's one of the best shows on television. It, it is terrific. I, I fucking love that show. And um, I, I, I find it kind of dumb because it's on Hulu, but it's one of the web-only ones. Oh, okay. So I can't watch it on my TV for some reason. Oh, that like, sucks. I pay for Hulu Plus. I hate how all the USA shows are like this. Hannibal's one of these weird network shows that's like this. NBC, yeah. Um, so I went to the NBC app on my iPad. Mm-hmm. I downloaded it. I yeah. was like, let me let me see something. Because if I can't watch it on my TV, I can't watch it on my iPad either. Yeah. I can only do it on my desktop, and my sound card is messed up when I try to do those things for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Hannibal, you can watch for free on your NBC app Oh, on your iPad. No problemo. Nice. Wait, who's, your, who's your cable writer down there? I don't have cable, so that's why it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. Let's say because uh, it's also on the um, Xfinity app as well. Yeah. Well, uh, what what I found that is freaking awesome is because I have Fios and I have Fios TV is this last Tuesday I was at work until hella late. Uh, so I decided we have a projector at work that I occasionally use on off hours. So I connected that and I went to abc.com and I went to their watch live and I put in my Fios credentials, and I was able to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the projector via the internet live. I downloaded the ABC app, too, just to see what they had. Mm-hmm. And they, you had to log in for them, and I think yeah. that's the dumbest thing. It is It is. They dumb. are a yeah. broadcast I network. Agree. I agree. Over the air. I should not have to enter in cable credentials. Yeah. Oh, amusingly, I, I completely agree with you, dude. And uh, amusingly, Brandon, for some reason, it must be because of my IP, uh, ABC thinks that I was working in Philadelphia. <laughs> So they, nice. it, it gave me ABC six instead of ABC seven. Oh, okay. You yeah. get to see some good. You get to see some damn good news then. <laughs> well, if I would actually stick around for news, yeah. But uh, action, action news, action news, Philadelphia action news. Which with Jim Gardner. Yeah, and and we have an antenna at at work as well on a separate TV. So I, I got to watch uh, Arrow as it aired uh, last night. So that was that was cool. So Brandon, you actually have things to announce, don't you? I do actually. I've got a podcast again. <gasps> what what yeah uh we are called the pop culture clash and every episode it's me and my co-host adas baron uh we discuss news rants and raves and we also debate every episode as well uh so there's guaranteed argument every episode and in our now, first how often does this podcast come out and it'll be coming out monthly uh because oh because of our work schedules so first episode we recorded already we already recorded our second episode uh the first episode it's uh, we were ta- we talked about the casting news. Uh, we talked about um, especially about the Fantastic Four. Uh, when you cast, should you go for an exact match or should you go for the spirit of the character? So okay. lo- lots of debate there. Cool. And this will be available at least the first episode, and you're welcome to post further after that as part of the Comic Timing syndicated feed. So yep, yep. so this will be on ComicTiming.net when it airs, and uh, future episodes might very well be there as well. That's entirely up to Brandon. Yep. Uh, also, we have a Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr's, our, t- our Tumblr is blank right now because we haven't put out the first episode. But you can also you can also follow us. We are Pop Culture Clash Podcast Tumblr dot com. Awesome. All right. Wow. I'm I'm done. Before we entirely wrap up, uh, Brandon, you have the floor. Yeah. Okay. I want to say a few things to the male aspect of the geek culture. Okay. Um, over the last couple, it was since WonderCon's approaching this weekend. I was, you know, we've. Have you guys been following the news about uh, the anatomy of a cover by Janelle a- Aislin? I have not. Okay, there was a colossal shitstorm. I read the article. I didn't know there was a shitstorm. Yeah, there was a colossal shitstorm which brewed after that. I, and, I agree with her. It's a terrible cover. 
It is. Certainly. It is a terrible cover. Yeah, oh, but oh I mean, wait, is this the Teen Titans cover? Teen Titans. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Okay. It's a terrible uh, cover because Blue Beetles are not on the team. Well, <laughs> only reason that I didn't too. like it. Yeah, that too. Also, yeah, there's a there's been a huge blowback. Uh, it's again more derogatory comments toward women uh, comic book fans and geeks and gamers in general. That you know, just because you're a woman, that's because they're a woman that we say that we don't they don't know what they're talking about. They're just being uh, critical to be critical. You know, it's the whole Anita Sarkeesian thing all over again. You guys need to calm down, honestly, because it's getting to the point where I want to no longer be associated with you guys, where I, I feel uncomfortable saying that I am a, a geek because it is such a almost a male stereotype now of mouth breathers, where you know we hurl insults at women through our covered windows called the internet. This is, being a geek isn't just gender-based. It's cultural based and when we shut out other people you know it, it's doing the same thing that happened to us which pushed us to be geeks and it, you we need to just calm down and really just take a look back and say what's the point of this are we are we a good old boys club no we we, we weren't we weren't allowed to be part of the, the boys club before so we made our own club and our, our club accepts everybody black White, Asian, male, female. We we just need to stop and think sometimes about what the things we say because it's getting to the point where it's becoming disgusting and other people are taking notice. And when other people take notice of us, it's never posed in a positive light. I, as someone who just got done with PAX East this last weekend, and yes, PAX itself has been without its controversies due to multiple uh, issues over the last couple of years. But the con itself is one of the most respectful conventions I've ever been to. Everybody is happy there. Uh, the, the enforcers put on a good show. They always have a smile on their face and they're always helping out as opposed to pushing you around. You know, putting you in, you know, if you need to be on a line, they're going to show you exactly where it is. They're not going to scream at you to get on that line. And there are plenty of men at this convention, and there's plenty of women at this convention. And shockingly, <gasps> they all get along. Go it's, figure. It's, it's a crazy thing where we're all there for the same reason. So how about we all enjoy it for the same reason instead of pointing people out for being quote-unquote fake or whatever or, or being too hot to be a nerd or, or something stupid like that. Like, get over yourself, people. Like, <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all in this, uh, in this for, for the same reasons. We all enjoy comics. We all enjoy video games or whatever your, your bag is, you know? Just take a goddamn chill pill and relax a little bit, people. That's 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 all I'm saying. Yeah, just 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 because you're critical of something that you like doesn't mean we hate it. Yes, yes. Oh, and to to cap that, by the way, dear Boston and the Boston uh, Convention Center, just because the ratio of men to women is slightly more in the favor of men, doesn't mean you need to convert women's bathrooms into men's bathrooms at the Boston Convention Center during PAX East. Really? They did that? They did that. 
they they, to- they converted, I believe, five different bathrooms that were originally women's bathrooms into men's bathrooms because of quote unquote safety concerns. So women had to walk from one side of the convention hall all the way to the other at times just to get on a line to go to the bathroom because they needed another men's room. And guess what? There were lines at the freaking men's rooms anyway. It didn't make any goddamn difference either way. So please learn from your mistake, Boston Convention Center, and don't make any stupid changes because you got in your head that PAX is a a male-infested wasteland or something like that. Like, come on, give it a rest, people. There, there's my rant, and I'm over with oh, that. I'm sorry, one more thing also, too. And if I hear the word fridging used incorrectly one more time, I think I may just shoot a hole into the, in the, into the internet. Thank you. I was looking at your Facebook post about the, uh, yes. about the, the finale of uh, How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Okay, fridging, for those who don't know, is when you take a female character who, who actually who really has not had any development of her own, and then you kill her off in some horrible way. Yes. That is fridging. Mm-hmm. Okay, there is a she a whole entire website devoted to women in refrigerators. Yes, done by Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you supplement another character for the development of a male character, that's not always bad. Okay, there are things like the Bechdel test, which which are you know if a female character uh, talks with another female character about another male about, about another male character for within the five minute span, the movie the movie fails the Bechdel test. This means it's saying it's more male oriented. That's not always true. Yes. In how in certain in certain situations, the death of a female character, yes, can advance a male character, but as long as it's done in a way which is respectful. Mm-hmm. I.e., how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fridging and I guess the, my prior point go hand in hand also because it's about respect. It's about how you how you use these phrases and how and how we appear to other people. We just we can't just say the thing which is the current buzzword right now. Yeah. Words words become meaningless if you apply them to the wrong thing. Exactly. And that is I feel there's been a, and I wouldn't quite say it's a tumblerization, but it's it's one of the things that that I found with words like fridging and problematic, <sighs> words words like that being overused left and right on on the internet to the point where they don't mean anything anymore. If you don't like something, it doesn't make it problematic. If you don't like something, it doesn't make it fridging. It it might just be a death. Or it might just be something happening on a TV show, <laughs> you know? Don't don't bring things to extremes when they don't have to be, and that's it. Because then, when something is problematic, or when someone gets their head chopped off and put in the toaster, this is this hasn't actually happened. And please don't put it in a comic just because I said it. I'm just I'm just letting you guys just letting you guys know. Okay, good. Holy Quinn, we're, we're good. We're good. Um, then that becomes meaningless in and of itself because if you've already used that term for everything else then it doesn't make the what actually what it actually is stand out any further and that 
I think I just saw the the more you know uh, NBC logo fly across the sky now. After G.I. After Jeff that. just came and shot all your characters, so he's bored <laughs> as fuck. Yes. Wait, who um, did that? So long, you guys. You will be missed from the geek community. Um, I will carry on garbage timing in your honor. <laughs> um, farewell. I will check back with you guys in a year's time and, and see how you're doing outside of the geek community. And uh, I'll let you know how things are going now that you've said your peace and your goodbyes. Great. Farewell. Everybody, this has been a great episode of Comic Time. Remember, we're sponsored by DCBS. You can find Brandon at uh, Dadabadon on Xbox Live. He's always looking for friends to play Diablo 3. You can find Ian Levenstein at I Am Sci-Fi on Twitter. You can also find him at Comic Timing. Don't forget to like us on the Comic Timing Facebook page. www.facebook slash Comic Timing. As always, thank you for listening. Keep subscribing, keep liking, and uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Goodbye. <laughs> Don't forget, there's always time for comics. <laughs> In the show. I can see your face, Brent. I can't hear your words. It's your mic on, dude. The problem is uh, Brent and I had a long-standing beef, and he's probably (laughs) afraid to come on because I'm here, so... He's still pissed at me, though, so don't worry. (laughs) What beef do we have, Rick? (laughs) I didn't want to bring it up, but... uh... (laughs) You know, back in grade school, Rick kicked uh, Prince Puppy. It was all an Oh my god, wow. I, 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 and now we start next episode with a whole brand new people and you guys aren't on it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See if you get a email. Oh my god. <laughs> Ian and Brandon actually left? Oh my god. That's so so fucking awesome. You just start the next show with, uh, with, with, with like, hey, welcome to Comic Timing. I'm Brent Casino, your host. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you, you just turn it into BK's Bullets. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode is all about video games and oh and uh, and you know what since this will be back matter anyway there's always time for Hydra Hail Hydra Hail Hydra Hail Hydra which which as Those Chris means are the best yeah I know which as Chris has pointed out every single time I say Hail Hydra it's like wait so you're saying Hail Nazis oh yeah it's kind of bad for you specifically <laughs> I'm, a self, I'm a self-hating Jew what <laughs>